Two Brave Bastards presents our independent variable for this week, which is Akshay. Uh, but before we get into that, we have to loop around back to our first episode on some of the things that we have said, such as cows. That's right. That's right, buddy. Cows. Oh, it kills cows. 20 people a year. Okay, so the odds of dying in the shower. So the versus of the two. One in... Eight, eight thousand, eight hundred thousand. Oh shit! I'm screwing this up already. Eight hundred twelve thousand two hundred and thirty-two. Okay, so one out of that. So cows win on that one right wow. there. Wow. Yeah, didn't, didn't think oh, someone would actually uh, look look that. And don't worry, uh, the person also looked up the chimps that we talked about. Yeah. And you don't really need to worry because their penises are actually pretty tiny in relation to their body. So uh, it would not rip you in half. Oh, the problem gosh. there is you'd be more concerned about the the deeds done and whatnot. Then they rip your arms off and beat you to death. So just, just straight up violence would be worse than the actual intercourse part of it. <laughs> just to add to those nightmares that you're going to have. That's no problem. Uh, also, the person laughed when I said everyone should have a near-death experience as well. <laughs> and uh, she definitely agrees with me there. Um, and then we were talking about some uh, cannibalism and if people use uh, body parts or anything like that for, for musical instruments. And that is true. That is true, buddy. Uh, so let's see. Wow. Wrangling is a translation which uh, means leg flute. And that is in Tibet. Wow. Uh, <laughs> sure, make it a flute out of your leg. What's up? So, so Do they go into specifics about what part of the leg? Is it your femur? I'm pretty sure it's the, the femur, yeah. So, so t- 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 tibia and the femur. And so it's a trumpet or a horn that's made out of that. Uh, so Tibetan Buddhism for a variety of uh, different types of rituals, uh, funerals. And so, yeah, then there's uh, also drums that are made out of skulls. Wow, so yeah, different yeah, shape, yeah. different size skulls, there you go. a different tone. Also, there is an evil Superman movie. Um, it's not Superman, but it's called uh, Bright Burn. Bright Burn. And that would be essentially the evil Superman movie there. Um, that would be way more interesting than all the mainstream ones we're getting. And then uh, they really enjoyed our Midwest goodbye, or as I say, the Saskatchewan goodbye as well. Where it goes on for an hour. <laughs> that is uh i believe that we're caught up on all that stuff there and yes carlin it is true uh koalas can get chlamydia so uh you should stop sleeping with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who's passing that along i'm just saying it's it is a problem because now we're getting blind koalas oh. they're too darn cute they're too darn cute to go blind Did you imagine who's looking at those and being i want to stick it in there I'm sorry. I'm, I'm running with that one. That just messes me up. Sorry. That's so fucked. That's fucked. It's just, just to clarify, though, uh, pretty much every species has their own chlamydia. Yeah, so cro- crocodiles as well can have chlamydia. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Imagine a crocodile with chlamydia. Like, that would be... You don't want a death roll with that. <laughs> no. <laughs> So I've ever seen crocodiles mating. Fair, fair enough. I mean, no, I me mean, neither. No, I, that's not something I don't I usually uh, go go out and try to watch that stuff. Plus, in Canada, we don't we don't have, we don't have them. So I'm sure you see it on, on an average basis in Florida, though. 
Not Where much crocs are everywhere. Wait, is it Florida that has crocs everywhere? I think yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Difference is salt water versus fresh water, I guess. Right. So I don't know. I think they mate in similar fashions, whether it's croc or alligator, though, right? They probably bang very similarly. One might just be a little we're bit gonna, more kinky than the other. We're going to get fact-checked on all this stuff, too. Yeah, it's you're welcome. That is the kinkier. I think the salty water one is the kinkier. Oh, salty. I'd have to agree with you. <laughs> salty. Salty. So this one's going to be a little bit different, though, because we are going to get a little bit of your journey. I'm going to dig deep into your soul and see what you are hiding, that wisdom deep within you. Um, it's actually it's got some wisdom. Yeah, well. Someday it comes up. Some days I'm with my manager. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, this, real, this is gonna go out, isn't it? This is definitely gonna go out. Why? You want me to cut that? Probably not happening. We'll we'll see. He doesn't listen, so it's all good. <laughs> That's so true. That's hilarious. It's all good. So fair, fair enough. Well, I I had to I had to get that all out, you know. But uh, we're super excited to have you on the show, even though you weren't actually really expecting this. Um, but we've had a lot of good conversations in the past and typically we highlight like entrepreneurs and musicians, but I think that this is a good step out of that realm because everyone has a journey and that's what really the podcast is about is uh, exploring people's journeys and seeing how they've developed as an individual into their own character and where they get that confidence from. And we might touch on several different versions of your life or, or where you want to go and dreams and such like that. Um, but let's hear about how you got to Canada. Oh. Yeah, we're going deep so far. So I remember watching Canada in a Bollywood movie. And I thought it was beautiful. But the agenda was never to come to Canada. Oh, okay. It was always go to go to Australia. Oh. But... News started coming out of Australia that brown people are getting beaten up. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's racism. a turn. Yeah, racism was really high in Australia in 8 and 9, 2008 and 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when Canada's second option was showing up to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, 9 and 10, I had traveled out of India in the Middle East to Dubai. Stayed there for a while. And I was working there. So I met a couple of, uh, you know, common friends who were in Canada and uh, came to know about how the culture is and how the people are. And that's why I decided that I'll come to Canada. So not even in the cards. And uh, would you say that you took a leap of faith on that one? Oh, yeah, for sure. I never thought I'd be here. Out of all the cities, I never thought I'd be in Toronto to begin with. Okay. Mm. Right. Um, so, yes, everything has been a leap of faith. Every major decision, every life turning one has been a leap of faith. I'm pretty sure that's for everyone. And when you guys look back and if you see that you've done so much, mm-hmm. the source of that particular span of your life begins from that one decision that you've taken, which we all forget throughout the journey. You know, um, so, yeah. And sometimes people uh, really end up struggling with those decisions, like something that will uh, throw you in a state of chaos. 
So how moving from another country to another country, I imagine, would be pretty stressful in general. So how would you uh, advise people to deal with those kinds of stresses? As you just mentioned, right? I mean, there's people who can handle chaos and there's people who actually cannot handle chaos. Like two different kinds of people, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people thrive in chaos, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just how I thrive. I love to be under stress. That's where I perform the best. And if uh, things are going right, I have never found myself to be of any use. So, interesting. Hmm. The more there is struggle, the more challenges there are, the better I end up performing in those situations. You're working at a good company then. Oh, that's just, <laughs> there's some chaos. <laughs> we don't need to go deep into that, but there's some chaos for sure. So, do you uh, do you end up doing like a lot of self development then? Yeah, I would say so. I've never been. Uh, I mean, except for one person whose name I actually borrow, I think you guys know about it, Alfred. I take a lot of pride in that name. He has been my only mentor in past, I would say, like 12 years, to be honest. And that's the name that I borrow and go with, if at all I have to get into a Fortune 500. Mm. Okay, Alfred, huh? Um, since you brought him up and you said that he was a mentor, could you go into the story about uh, how you met him and what kind of things that he mentored you on? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually very proud to be associated with Alfred Lisi. Um, he was uh, a restaurant owner in Toronto, downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. back in 2011 up all the way up to 2013. So when I came to Canada, the rule at that time was we were not allowed to have a social insurance number for the first seven months. So basically, it meant that you cannot work and earn any money in Canada. And mind you, I only had about $200 left to my name at the end of first week. And there was no money that was going to come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I had to, yeah. Is that like common knowledge coming into it? So is, it, is the no. idea that you have like this bank saved up before you move over? Like so that wasn't known coming over kind of thing? It was known, but as as I said, it was a leap of faith, right? Yeah. Right? I knew That's a that, terrifying one. Sorry. Yeah. But the catch was, we weren't told that we will be forced to buy stuff from the college that I was coming into, right? So I was not actually rationing for a thousand bucks to be gone from my uh, pocket in the first week itself, because mm-hmm. I was told that you have to buy your books from this college, you have to buy your knives from this college, you have to buy everything that I already had mm-hmm. from this college. Like, why do I need that? I have my own knives, which I mm-hmm. don't borrow or give anyone. And, uh, and my chef coats are with me, they clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, my books, I don't need it because I already have all the books that I need yeah. for the continental cuisine. But I was told that, no, you have to buy it from the college. Mm-hmm. So that was $1,000 gone right there. And this mm-hmm. was not mentioned to us when we came here. Mm-hmm. So that was all gone. And the first uh, job that I had was funny because uh, the guy offered me $5 an hour on cash as a dishwasher and didn't even end up paying me. So this was back in what, 2010? 2011, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, didn't even end up paying me because one day I felt really sick. It was in the middle of winter yeah. and I couldn't go to the work, couldn't go to my job. I told him that I'm not going to even make it because I was sick. Yeah. And uh, next day when I showed up to my work, he's like, yeah, I don't need you. I have another guy. I'm like, okay, can you pay me for the amount of hours that I work for? He's like, no. 
And there's nothing much that I could have done about it because I didn't have a safety insurance on this. That's so sketchy. Oh. I'm surprised that you know, people can get away with that kind of stuff. Well, it's. I think most of the immigrants are going have gone through that. Yeah. Now, uh, I think in 2015 or 16, they changed the rule where the immigrants are allowed to work on their first day 20 hours. Okay. Or something like that, like mm-hmm. part time. But when I came in, we didn't even have a social insurance number for the first six months. You apply and then you get it in a month's time. So it take, took about seven and a half months to get, get a social insurance number and then go and apply anywhere. And the jobs in the colleges that we had were very few. And the people who got it were the ones who were lucky enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it didn't really pay much. So for the first six months, it was just a food bank mm-hmm. and uh, whatever we can get by with. So, how did those struggles form you into the person that you are today? Well, I think we were talking about Alfred and why he's a lender, right? So, yes. I was going actually door to door. I printed out my resumes, which were luckily free in my college. And uh, I was going door to door. I dropped my resume at Alfred's restaurant. And I told him that I can do anything that he required except for, you know, all the stupid stuff. But I was a good cook. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hired me and he did not take any advantage of me. He gave me 11 bucks an hour, which was the minimum wage in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And he gave me whatever tips that the kitchen made. Like, if you want to have food, have food, you know, your meal for the day. If you want to do that. He went over and about to make sure that uh, I'm invited in his family, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for Christmas, for Easter vacations, for his even wedding. Yeah, he did it all. So then, was Alfred uh, an immigrant as well that came over and has like experienced all this, and that's why he was so kind, or was it that he did this for multiple people? I think his parents were first generation immigrants, okay. and he saw their struggle, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he was an Ital- He's an Italian, so I got the you. family culture is close knit, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, between brothers and sisters, their parents struggled too. Mm-hmm. So he, he had seen that firsthand growing yeah. up. That's where he came from. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so he had a little bit more empathy uh, knowing right. what kind of struggles you had ahead of you then. Absolutely, yeah. So then uh, did he essentially mentor other people as well? Or was it just kind of like he picked you kind of thing and you were accepted into the family? No, that um, makes sense. He 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 was a very helping. He's a very helping guy. I've seen him helping a lot of people. Yeah. But I was lucky enough to be actually the chosen one to enter his family circle, mm-hmm. and even today, uh, I I speak to his wife, him, uh, mm-hmm. you know, his extended family. If at all, I get an opportunity, but mostly yeah. with him and his wife. Yes, still yeah. in touch with them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did he ever give hints as to what stood out about you that he would welcome you welcome you in like that? Did he ever like attribute anything like this is why like. Really saw something in in you that he wanted to like. He was never a man of too many words. He would just believe in actions. Yeah. So I mean, we were in downtown Toronto when the Jays game would happen, right? We'd be asses up. Like it was crazy busy for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was always, as I said, like I mean, the more there is struggle, more challenges. Uh, I actually thrive in that environment, and I happened to be one of his fastest cook in the restaurant. So I was always the main or the lead cook, you know, calling out the orders and making things happen, even without the position. So I think he was not a man of words, but he he did have, you know, 
situational awareness and he was very aware of his environment and his surrounding. He knew what was happening around him. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's when he probably saw who who can actually, you know, pull the slack and make things happen. And that's mm-hmm. why he probably just gave an opportunity. Excellent. So then you worked for him for how many years? Four years. Four years? Okay. So that would put you at like what, 2015, 2016? 13, 13. Okay. So from that point, where did your journey take you next? So, uh, well, I had multiple jobs. So mm-hmm. I had three jobs while I was doing my college. All right. Wow. I was going full time to my college. So I used to mm-hmm. open a restaurant. I used to open a rotisserie in the morning. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, at 7 o'clock. That was all. My college used to start. So open the restaurant, set up the whole line, put so, the chicken in the so, rotisserie. So what would you be there at like? Six thirty in the morning. Okay. Six thirty in the morning, I'd be there. I would open up the whole place. Uh, ten thirty, max max ten thirty. I would like leave that place because my college used to start at eleven o'clock. Uh, between eleven and three or four, I used to go to my college. Alfred required me in the evenings from mm-hmm. Monday to uh, Friday, mm-hmm. so I used to go to his place from four thirty five all the way up to twelve thirty one at night. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, I used to work for this amazing place called Cafe Morocco Sultan's Tent in downtown Toronto on Front Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to work there Saturday and Sunday from 7 to like 9 at night. So that would have made you pretty disciplined having three jobs plus full-time college. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> or, or was that like what you had to do to essentially survive? Yeah, because, I mean, I didn't really have any money to my name, right? Yeah. And uh, I had education loan. I had my, uh, my mother had, a, you know, a housing loan. My brother mm-hmm. had to come to Canada. Mm-hmm. And so all those expenses, plus my living expenses, everything needed to be taken care of in those first three years or so. Yeah. So I had to stretch myself, like, really thin. So is your family over here, then? My brother's here. Okay. In New Brunswick, yeah. Okay. And then, then what, your mom is still in India then? Oh, yeah. All right. Your, your dad? Dad's in India. India yeah. as well? Okay. Very interesting. Is it just the two brothers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We both moved out here. Yeah, we came in 2013. Yeah. India. What took him to New Brunswick to? Well, he got a full-paid scholarship from the University of New Brunswick. Oh, so, wow. he was an engineer. He was working in uh, Sweden. So, they offered him a scholarship because he applied and then... He got in university in New Brunswick for his master's. So did he move over with you or did he come later and he came to a different part of... He came all the way to a different part of Canada. 2013, he came to New Brunswick. Then he was living in Ontario. Then he came to Alberta because Shell Canada, he was working with them actually in Edmonton. So he was working out of Edmonton and Calgary. Mm -hmm. That's a funny story because when I moved here because of immigration purposes in 1415, Mm -hmm. his job was also in Alberta. Yeah, what are the odds of that? (laughs) Yeah, so we actually got a good year and a half together. That would have been really cool. Yeah. Fair enough. You guys just had a really great time, partied a bunch, was crazy, stories you can't even tell on air or anything. (laughs) My brother is a saint. (laughs) He came here with a girlfriend, so he was he's already been the same in the family. I, I got you. You're the troublemaker is what you're telling me then. I am not the troublemaker. Trouble always came my way. <laughs> like, what, you, you just took it? You're like, sure, let's let's go. Come on. I think it's a part of the karma, right? 
Okay. Maybe from past life or maybe in this life I may have done something or something uh, that I don't know of. I'm not aware of, right? Fair enough. Something comes your way. We don't know the reason, but the reason is still there. Yeah. Do you want to get into some of those troubles? What kind of troubles are we talking about? Uh, well, when I, it's, I'd say the first trouble, the first uh, phase that I went through was a severe uh, depression from 11 all the way up to 13, 14 because of the breakup that I went through with my first girlfriend. Oh, and that damn girlfriend said. I know. Childhood sweetheart. Uh, that was a... I'd say that was a phase that I grew a lot, but then personally I was in depression. And I can say it because I've lived it. For sure. Right? I can, I can um, relate to that. Yeah. I had my heart shattered by a lady once upon a time. <laughs> you know? But I found... I lived without heart shattering. I don't think we've truly experienced life without having that heart shattered at least once. You were going, you are going to continue on. Wow. No, it's all, it's all good, but I'm not going to finish that one. Um, but no, it's, uh, I think as long as you keep on living on the edge, always trying to expand your, your realm kind of thing is, is the important thing, whether it's through knowledge or, or through some sort of action that you're taking or experiences kind of thing. I think those are the things that make you really live. Yeah. Uh, whether you go out on an adventure on your own, going hiking, probably not alone. I don't suggest that. Uh, you can get real freaked out in the woods when you're high. So, paranoia <laughs> for me is already high when I'm out there freaking walking in nature where cougars and bears come out anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> try, uh, try smoking a joint and walking through the woods and then hearing it. <laughs> I would probably just climb a tree and stay up there until I was done. Yeah, it happened to me in BC and I was like, oh fuck. What was it? Oh fuck, what was that? Keep on walking again. <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I know I'm gonna die. Shit, shit. Keep walking a little bit faster. <laughs> I'm like, my god, something's my god, shit. <laughs> right, get to like the end of the trail, and it was a bunch of birds that like flew out of it, and I was like, thank god that's what it was. But I'm so freaked out. I'm getting back to the car, and I basically bolted it down the main trail back to my vehicle, and I was like, my god, oh no, oh no. But you're your own worst enemy. That's like when I uh, ended up hitting that uh, hedgehog, like in the winter, like at the end of no, at the beginning of fall. And uh, the hedgehog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cracked my my radiator, so I had enough to like. I got back to essentially the corner of the highway to like essentially our village kind of thing, right? Our hamlet, I should say. Mm. And so that's two kilometers. But since I go to work at like. This would have been like four in the morning, probably when I got back. No, four four thirty ish in the morning. It was still like pitch black out, uh, full moon, super like windy. Get out of the bed and I'm like, oh fuck. Okay, gotta gotta walk. Okay, start walking home. Right, and I'm like, I'm in a very negative mindset, and I'm I'm walking. I'm like, I'm cold. This is bullshit. Swearing to myself and whatnot. And I'm like, you know what? How about that luck? You know what? Probably get attacked by a pack of coyotes, get torn apart. And I'm like, oh, don't think like that. Because now you're just like trying to bring that shit into your life. Right? <laughs> and so essentially got home safely, freezing cold, and I was mes messaging my manager and whatnot. And then, uh, so 
was like not coming in. I need to figure out what's what what to do and figure out the parts to get and everything like that. Um, that paranoia gets me. Oh, the story oh, gets better that. because I was home for a bit, right? Because I'm like, I can't go back to sleep. I'm already wired. I'm pissed off and angry at hitting this hedgehog that I probably killed. But you know what? Should have learned from Sonic to run faster. And so uh, I popped outside a few times and then my wife woke up and she's like son of a bitch we're getting robbed and she saw that my my office light was on so she snuck over to the kitchen pulls out a knife i oh come through the door and luckily my my <coughs> office actually the light would shine towards our back door so she she noticed it was me she was like thank god it was you I thought we were going to get robbed, and I was about to stab you. And I'm like, oh, great. Probably wouldn't have worked that great because you're holding a steel. So oh, she was holding a, the steel to try. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to That would hurt. That, it would have still hurt a lot. But. <laughs> would have stabbed you, though. I mean, unless she's got some some guns and she just She doesn't have biceps like Carlin. Let's just put it that way, you know? I'm sure she could throw it through a rib, though. I'm sure she could. In between. Okay, and then? Oh, no, it was all good. You know, I didn't die that night, so. We were just talking about being our own worst enemies, I guess, and your your state of mind wasn't. No, yeah. No, I I essentially attracted all that into my life with the with the negativity that was dwelling within my mind at the time, right? Because people people can very much feel in, in my 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 opinion. People can feel the the energy that you give off, whether it's like a negative energy, you're happy, you're sad, or anything like that. There is a energy vibration that that you can realistically feel. And that's, that's my belief, uh, because there's been times where I've walked into rooms, and other people probably can relate to this, where you walk into a room, and you can feel that something bad happened, and then you find out later, it's like, these two people fought, and it was real awkward and whatnot, but you knew the moment you stepped into the room. Yeah. I believe those types of energies can, tri- like, follow you. Like, it, like I don't know. I don't know if follow you is the right thing, but, like, it was so trippy the other day while I was at work. I was I was just I was picking up mats on the back of my truck, getting ready to go into this customer's facility, and I had this thought that like, oh, my daughter is having a hard day, and my wife's probably stressing out right now. And then sure as shit, like five minutes later, I get a call from my wife, and she's like, oh, Lenny's been like crying all morning. She's got this like rash on her stomach, and she's been sounds like she's getting sick. And I was just like, oh, and you're not having a very good time, are you? She's like, no. And I was like. I was tripping. Like some, I don't know if, you're, if it's like a connection that you can have with somebody or like a spouse mm-hmm. or if it's just straight up coincidence. It's like I yeah. really sensed it and I just felt this urge to just like pray for her or send. I feel like that comes back to, to quantum physics because essentially you can have two things that are quantum locked to, to, to each other. So if you have a deep enough bond with some someone, you are quantum locked with them. And so like a good example of this is like you separate twins at birth, they very much, a lot of the time, will end up following like the same kind of guided path line. And there's some people that make exactly the same decisions, where it's like their spouse is named exactly the same, their job description exactly the same, like they get into the exact same things, and these would be like identical twins. So very much I believe that if you are 
in a very close bond or close relationship, you are essentially quantum locked with each other where you're able to pick up on some of those things. I can't verify any of that, but it, it seems like it could be plausible. Well, I feel like if we get into the religious aspect of it, right, whether it's through Christianity or like Hinduism, there are things within those that, that, that would explain how that all works as well. I think everything that you imagine can happen to you, good or bad, has already happened. So, so I kind of let's dive into that one. Yeah. <laughs> Explain yourself a little bit more. See, I, I think we were, you remember we were talking about multiple dimensions, right? Absolutely. That that exist, but um, you know, being the confined creature that we are. Mm-hmm. I think we can only manage to perceive and understand what's around us, at least on this planet and in this universe that we are given. Mm-hmm. This is a test for all of us uh, to see if we can graduate through this and go into the other dimensions, maybe up or maybe down. Doesn't matter. It depends on, as as we were talking about before, your karma or your deeds, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I was, I was telling you that everything that you can imagine, good or bad, that can happen to you has already happened, but maybe not here. So let's just say that we'll throw out a number. There is 14 dimensions. Okay. We'll go from all the way, like from the bottom, all the way to the top. Okay. We are right in the middle somewhere. Okay. You're living in three dimensions, okay? At the bottom is where, you know, the worst of the worst are. Mm-hmm. And at the top is the best of the best, okay? The all-mercy, whatever you want to call him or her, mm-hmm. whatever name you want to give him or her, it doesn't matter. The all-mercy is omnipresent, okay? He's present everywhere or she's present everywhere. So let's just say, for example, you thought in that moment that a pack of coyote is going to rip you apart. That happened in a dimension which is beneath you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that already happened. Does deja vu kind of tie into this? Like if you're having a moment where it's like, shit, I feel like I've done this exact thing before. Is that like a past life where you're reading a meeting at crossroads? Well, it'd be a solid, it could be like a step over dimension. Uh, yeah, that is so tricky. Right, and then if if you're saying that maybe you're gonna become a millionaire one day or whatever your best dream that you have ever imagined yourself mm-hmm. to live, that has already happened, but to the best form of Carlin in a higher dimension. You so can be that guy. I've been there. You can be that guy. I've been there. I have right. this. I have this hunger to have that happen. Like it's almost like it's already supposed to be in existence. There is something special about spoken word as well. I do believe that. Yeah. I, you know, we were talking about this in the truck, about life happening in language. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, back in the days when I was doing some, uh, you know, self-research, as I would call it, I came across this phrase as life happens in language. And I asked one of the guys who used to use this phrase, why do you use this phrase? And he said, let's just say that every living being on this planet 
does not speak, does not utter a single word, no sounds at all. How do you think they communicate? Nothing made sound. Nothing made, if everything was just silent. Telepathically? Probably. Facial expressions? Yeah. That's, that's, we're talking about in this dimension, like yeah, our so dimension. So they have to be like emojis. Confined. Emojis. Just, just, <laughs> just thought, thought emojis. <laughs> the picture language. Yeah. But even if, if, to build an emoji, you need to code it. To code it, you need to type a word on your keyboard. To type a word on your keyboard, you know, you're going to, there's a process behind making that keyboard, which is full of sound. When you click a button, that's still a sound. If you yeah, think about it. it. So, when, 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 when people say that life happens in language, it is, what, what that guy told me was, if the only way that you can actually do or achieve anything, good or bad, in this life, is by actually communicating. And we have a language, mm -hmm. animals have a language. And if we use good language for our own selves and not deteriorate or derogate ourselves, some good thing that we might say about ourselves may just end up happening. Mm. And there is a very old concept in Sanatana Dharma, as people in other parts of the world would like to call it Hinduism, that mm -hmm. Saraswati, which is also a form of the Almighty, mm -hmm. she is a goddess, mm -hmm. and uh, she's the goddess of knowledge. And she's a goddess of wisdom and she makes everything come true. She sits on your tongue for just one microsecond throughout the day. For one microsecond she visits every human being and she sits on your tongue. So be very careful of what you say because oh. you will never know when she's there in your body. So essentially that's kind of like where the saying watch your words comes from. Basically. Yeah. 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 So be very like, careful in what you say. In thumper, you especially for yourself. Especially for yourself. So that's uh, that's something that's important to be said because most people end up being their biggest uh, critics. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like conversations about that. Essentially, it's like okay, well, um, a practice I try to do is always try to speak in positives, uh, especially like within my own mind as well, uh, because your brain can't interpret like negatives. So an example that I tell people a lot is like if you were beside a sick person and then you're like oh don't get sick all your brain hears is get sick versus you should be saying stay healthy stay healthy and that's what you're really attracting into your life that's, at that point that's a, that's a parenting hack too if you tell your kid don't touch that versus hey come play with this instead because yeah. if you say don't touch that what's your kid going to do you bet you better believe he's going to be touching that <laughs> So it's a parenting thing too, but I also, I believe in the power of, of spoken word and also positivity because I've seen it firsthand when I was in college, there was a guy who got diagnosed with a, I forget what cancer it was, but then it was in its third stage. So it was basically super like terminal. It was basically, I had a very small chance of surviving it, but he was surrounded by such positivity, such positive people. And he himself was very optimistic. He was laughing all the time. He was still his goofy, lovable self. He was just his wonderful teddy bear of a human and he survived and it was it was this huge like, miracle where it was and i think a lot of it had to do with the positivity that he surrounded him and lived out in himself and so why i think that works is positive uh, vibrations are higher on like the frequency level and if uh, if somebody does have cancer and this has been shown in 
uh, some patients that don't want to go through chemotherapy or anything like that, they'll go and visit a holy site or like a religious place because a lot of them have a certain frequency that's built on like uh, basically positive frequency area. Yeah. frequency. We talked yeah. about that with Saint Martin. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> full circle to the to the last one there. Yeah. 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 Just saying. What brought you to to you said the Calgary area, right? So Immigration. Uh, government changed the rules, and then all my previous experience to become a Canadian permanent resident was null and void. Mm. Like, I peace out. <laughs> wow. So, this kind of sounds like the government's a little sketchy, but I'm sure that that's kind of like all governments, but I digress on that one. Well, so. I mean, it wasn't like as if it's null and void, but there were way too many um, ifs and buts that were put in the system, which mm. is what the immigration would do. Um, so, there were some provinces at that moment which were offering, let's just say at that moment, Alberta was offering something called as Alberta Immigration Nominee Program. Mm-hmm. So, I had three files going on. I had a federal skill worker file going on. I had a Canadian experience class going on. I had an Alberta Immigration Nominee Program going on. Mm-hmm. And then the government came up with something new called the Express Entry under the present government, Liberals. Mm-hmm. which was uh, a new thing which consolidated all the immigration programs under one. I'm like, all right, I'll try my luck in even this one. So I was lucky actually because I did not hear back on any of my applications for a good year and a half. Mm-hmm. And 2015, uh, September, my work permit was going to expire. And up until uh, July 2015, I had no clue what was going to happen with me. So I literally had one and a half month to make a decision. And I booked my tickets for Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, I think this is it in Canada. So um, that happened. And within a span of 10 days, the government, all the invitations came in. You qualify, you qualify, you qualify, you qualify. Here's your permanent resident. Oh, 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 oh. Now we're stuck with you. <laughs> That's what it is. I got, I got you. <laughs> the crisis averted. Yeah. Australia, man. I don't know. That sounds like a nice place, yeah. but everything there wants to kill you. It sounds like you have a death wish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think all of us do. <laughs> so that's, that's fair. That's fair. I think all of us have that dark, gloomy wish. All of us do. <laughs> I, I, I think it. it's also the curiosity of, of what comes after life. Um, on on that one, it's like, do you know any stories about like near death experiences? Do I know any stories? Yeah, I have a very interesting story, um, and people don't believe this story. Well, see, the thing is, is that I love the like supernatural or like the stories about how God has touched people in their life. Or even like the near death experiences because they're so they're so out there a lot of the time where it's like let let me say it how NASA says it's like you know those pictures from space there's they look so fake that you know they're real. <laughs> so, so what's your story? <laughs> Tyson just totally went off off the rail out and here. What is the story? <laughs> All right, NASA so um, freaking NASA into near death. Like what is this? So, I'll give you a little bit of background. This happened in 2007. Uh, we had just moved to this apartment building in Bombay. There was no one living in that building. Mm-hmm. Just us. On, and the building is seven floors tall. 
me, my mom, we are living on the seventh floor in one of the apartments. It's a new build, so people haven't shown up yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a habit of having my dinner and then go to my terrace in the building. Mm-hmm. And the terraces are usually locked back home in Bombay because uh, a lot of times, you know, wildlife like leopards actually would come into uh, the apartment buildings and would just climb the floors and would go anywhere and hide. That would be insane. That would okay. be. There's a lot of leopards. Uh, even leopard attacks even happen even today. And they would just stroll in and pick up, like, pick out your building dog and like take them to the forest and eat it. A lot of. But that's only a part. Easy snacks. Yeah, easy snacks. <laughs> So the terrace door always used to be locked. So after my dinner at about 9.30 at night, I was climbing the stairs and uh, just, I, I had a peek at the door from here and the door is locked. I could see there's a lock. I already knew that there's a lock, but I just thought I'd try my luck. If it's open, I just go, right? So I, I saw it's locked. And as I was about to turn around, I, I thought that there was someone sitting down there. On the floor. Yeah. And uh, hesitantly, I turned back and I looked down and I see a small woman. Mm-hmm. Like almost a kid, but a woman. Mm-hmm. In uh, in a sari, sitting and eating her food. In, in that, I would say, just about four and a half by four and a half feet corner. Mm-hmm. She's sitting in the corner over there and I, and I see her eating food and I'm like, I was flabbergasted. I was astonished. I'm like, I'm climbing up. I didn't see her. And I look at the door on my right. I see there's a lock. And now I'm turning around and I see her to the side of my eye. And I turn, I'm like, what are you doing here? I've never seen you here. And she's like, oh, I'm just eating my food. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. But why are you eating here? You don't live here. I've never seen you in this apartment building. She's like, oh, my family doesn't allow me to eat food. They beat me up. She said that. Yeah, I was actually taken aback, just like you guys are, right? Like, you mm-hmm. felt bad right in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, no problem. I'm not going to say anything. So I went down. Mind you, the elevator wasn't working. So I climbed, like, climbed all the stairs down, seven floors down. I went to the building guard, the security guard. I'm like, uh, you know that the policies, you don't leave anyone in the building, especially not the ones who are living here, not living here past nine o'clock at night, because this is not, like, a very safe area. Mm-hmm. The guard is like, man, I've been sitting here for the past eight hours. Mind you, the shift's back home for, you know, people are like 16 hours. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> he's like, I'm past, halfway past my shift. I can't move from here. No one has entered this building except for you. And like, your mom came in around seven o'clock and you came in. No one has entered this building. Like, okay, no worries. Um, so, I climbed back up to ask that lady, where did she come from? Mind you, the elevator is not working, so she can't use the elevator to go down. I climb back every floor, and there is no way that I don't see this woman going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I go up again. The door is still locked. No one can go in the terrace to that locked door. Mm-hmm. And the woman's gone. Mm-hmm. So, I just thought of it as nothing. I came back in my apartment, I laid down on the floor, <laughs> and I was just looking outside the window, and it hit me. The first day when I was moving all my stuff in that apartment, 
I saw that lady's dead body being carried away from from that place. Mm. I saw her face what because shit? her dead body was being carried away from my right hand side and as a ritual I just prayed and the reason why I remember her face is because I saw it and I prayed for her soul. And on that night it was Pitru Paksha Amavasya, which in Hinduism or Sanatana Dharma is a day where you keep food outside and your dead ancestors come and eat that food. And that was the same night I saw that woman. Hmm. Oh shit. <laughs> that is so trippy. I saw that woman and I caught fever for two days. See, I love stories like that because it's like, essentially they seem unbelievable. Yeah. But I'm like, there are tons of things in our world that are that are unexplainable. Yeah. It's like my uh, my old math teacher, which has passed away, he was a fantastic person. But he was from England, and he had some crazy stories because he, he was a kid through World War II. And essentially, their family survived the bombings that happened in, in Britain, right? Uh, a bomb hit right outside their place, like right outside their place, but it was a dud. So, uh, talking about different realities and whatnot, he could have very much died then. And there were like very many uh, potential deaths in like his future kind of thing where, where he explained a lot of stories or like crazy experiences that has happened to him. And he even goes into like a lot of ghost stories and whatnot, which that's why I love hearing those because it's like, it's unbelievable until you actually have that experience. Right. And then you're like, Oh shit, maybe, maybe this person was like telling the truth about this. What do you want to go off of on that one, huh? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't, I just, I don't understand how people can't believe in the spiritual realm based on what kind of shit happens. It just, it, it has to be there. Like, it's based on stories that you just said. I can't think of any off the top of my head. It's my own personal life, but I mean. So there was a reason why I brought up, like, uh, near-death experiences. Um, so me and my wife, we were uh, talking about conversating about this one lady and this is a story that she heard i'm not too sure if it was like through youtube or whatnot uh but i guess her family ended up selling her off into like a trade right so like essentially sex trafficking or something like that and she had a couple near-death experiences and this is what i find fascinating is that she didn't have a religious background at the time right one of her near-death experiences ended up being uh, Jesus, but she didn't know that at, at the time. Like, Jesus, right? And then she had another near-death experience, but it was uh, in that near-death experience she ended up meeting Shiva. And she didn't know that either until, like, years later when she was, like, looking into religions and stuff like that. Which kind of brings me back to, uh, which I think this links into, like, Hinduism. I'm not going to try to pronounce the proper one, like, name for it, because I'm pretty sure that I'd absolutely butcher it. Um, but it kind of co- goes into, like, the avatars of, like, all the gods, because there's, uh, what, thousands, 
in, in, right? What? Like there, there's whatever tides. You, yeah, whatever you can imagine right. exists. And so for me, I kind of look at religion that uh, it's basically different paradigms or different cultures are basically viewing the same thing, but it's like it's through the human lens. So of course you're going to have a different perception if it's me viewing God or if it's you viewing God or if it's you viewing God, mm -hmm. right? We're all going to have a different perception or it's going to be uh, displayed to us exactly how we need it displayed. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes sense. Because otherwise... You're never going to be able to identify, like recognize, and, and you know, like allow it in your life. Because we, as, as we're talking, we, we are so confined and so constricted in the ways we think. And uh, if at all, uh, let's just say that you are used to, you know, understanding God as Jesus, as example. I am used to understanding God in some, as something else. Someone else calls him uh, Allah. Right. We have multiple names for the same uh, Supreme Almighty. But the reason why we gave him or her names is because we are confined, mm -hmm. not the Almighty. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And the only way that we can actually allow him or her in our life is through the confinements that we provide to that unconfined being. Right? Mm -hmm. We cannot fathom having that kind of energy coming into our lives because we would just like, pass out or fucking die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that energy yeah. is so strong. Like, let's just say, like Bhagavad Gita, you were picking that up, right? Mm -hmm. That is not a religious book. Mm -hmm. In a nutshell, that book is about a war that happened between two brothers or like two two families who were actually brothers. Yeah. One happened to be on the side of dharma or the right thing to do at that moment, and one happened to be on the side of wrong thing to do at that moment, mm -hmm. and then God. As in that part of the world, people were calling him Krishna, mm -hmm. came on the planet as a human being, as an avatar of a human being, because that's all the human beings around him can fathom. Mm -hmm. They cannot take that energy into their life. They would just burn alive yeah. if God was to come down in his real form. Absolutely. He came down as one of us. He suffered through the cycle of birth and death. Mm -hmm. Just like you and me, he was a true leader. He wasn't a manager. He was a yeah. true leader. Yeah. He suffered through everything. And he preached in that moment where Arjuna, who was on the side of good, mm -hmm. and he had to be the medium for transformation. Mm -hmm. He had to pick up a weapon to kill the demons of this world. And God was telling him, this is your karma in the moment. If you do not end up doing this, because you think that on the other side it's your brother, you, my man, are not going to be the medium of transformation. Mm. You are my chosen one. And when that moment happened, this book or the 18 verses of this book were spoken by God only to Arjuna. Mm -hmm. It was a myopic vision that Arjuna had of the Almighty where he could see him all the way from the bottom of the universe up until where his eyes couldn't reach. That's how big the form of the God was. And he could see everything. His past, his future. He could see his enemies, his brothers going into the, you know, into the mouth of the Almighty. Yeah. And the Almighty was selling him man. If you're thinking that you're killing them, that's not the truth. They have already been killed. 
you are just a medium in this moment for this planet in this dimension to survive because there's way too much sin and I'm providing you with the I'm, I'm providing you with an opportunity to be my medium to do the right thing so be the leader absolutely and do the thing go to war sounds like mm. he was smoking a lot of DMT during that period of time I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> but all of us are a medium, right? Oh, absolutely. Right? So, it's that, a, that's, yeah. that's what the book is. And, and, and it speaks about so many things in our lives. Like, you may have conflict of interest in your mm -hmm. family. Right? You may have, uh, uh, like, you know, women being abused in that time as well. Yeah. Right? How and why they were abused and why shouldn't they be abused? Right? Because a woman's curse can do bad things on this planet, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And that's what the Almighty has been trying to tell us. I'm kind of worried about our, our society now because it seems like a lot of people are um, kind of stuck in habits, uh, whether, whether, like, I know that there's good people and then there's, let me put it this way, uh, the devil's work is done by idle hands. And I feel like at this period of time, there are a lot of people that, have idle hands. Very idle. Right? right. So <laughs> they create problems yeah. and nothing. Absolutely. And, and so that being said, it's like maybe we will eventually come to this time, like this time period where there needs to be some sort of uh, good action in people's lives. And I, I get to talk to a lot of people and it always kind of uh, hurts me inside when they're like, oh, I can't do anything. I can't do this. Oh, the world's so bad. I can't, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, why don't you switch it around to what can I do for my community? What can I do around me to actually make a little bit of good in life? Uh, because sometimes it's just essentially like a spoken word to someone. Sometimes it's a hug. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's actually uh, delivering some aprons that you didn't have to someone else's place. Right. Stuff like that. Makes your life a little bit easier. Are you guys talking about me not even to help out or like... <laughs> no, I, I ran something for him. So. Oh, oh you went, yeah, you went yeah. to Starbucks for I had to cut through. I had to cut through town anyway. So I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll just do it. Get home to your family. Like, it's fine. All right. Um, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> the good news. Uh, absolutely. I just think that we can do so much better. Uh, and it's it's not necessarily about the grand scheme of the whole world because we all play a very important part even if you feel like you don't yeah everyone plays an important part so it's like well, uh i i said something to someone uh that was having a really hard day and essentially what i told her i was like when someone gives you shit make sure you use that shit and turn it into manure for for your flowers and let and bloom your own flowers yeah, fertilize that. Yeah, fertilize that shit. Because essentially, it doesn't necessarily matter someone else's opinion of you. Because let's face it, if you're if you're living solely off that, you're truly not living because you're not being the truest self you can be. Mm -hmm. That's true. And again, when you were mentioning that there is so much, you know, not bad, I would say, but there is so much idleness or the devil's work that is happening on this planet at this moment. That goes back to an understanding of mine where, I mean, it's a very, uh, a lot of people who follow Sanatana Dharma or have read about Hinduism and the, the, the scriptures goes back to the concept of time, 
and we were talking about it before we came in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, in a nutshell, there is four concepts or four realms that we have lived through, mm-hmm. right? So there is Sata Yuga, which is the first one that we can recall. The second one was uh, uh, Dwapara. Third one was Treta. And the fourth one that you and me are living right now is called the Kalha Yuga, literally meaning the age of transformation. And we are, I don't know where, according to the scriptures, we are nowhere close to finishing this mm-hmm. era of time. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that is mentioned, before even I say this, what, what happens in Kala Yuga is nothing reduces, like the mm-hmm. kindness in the world, nothing, it doesn't go down. The, 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 the bad things in the world don't really go up. Mm-hmm. It is just compressed in a very short period of time. Okay. When I say that, uh, what I mean is, you know, instant gratification is mm-hmm. the new law, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We have developed developed technology to make things happen faster. Absolutely. And as a result of that, everything that comes and goes in our life is really quick. Yeah. Right? Including the kindness yeah. and the bad things. Yeah. So everything is just compressed in a very short period of time, giving us very small amount of time to actually decipher what's good and what's bad for us. Because back in the days, even in this yuga or in this era of time, people actually had time to sleep in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, yeah. just think about different stuff in their life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now we probably cannot afford that luxury. Now we're always on call because cell phones. Oh yeah, everybody's no. got a drink line. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we, what we have done to ourselves in this yuga or in this era of time is we have... Uh, Gotten everything close to us, including the disaster, but gotten ourselves away from us. We are way, way away from our own selves and closer to everything else. Well, and part of the uh, thing Mm. that creates such the idleness, I believe, and what I think we do need to transform away from is it's like, it is kind of the instant gratification. And I'm I'm speaking like, I know I get stuck in idleness because I can, I get stuck in the, the mindset of comparison where I compare myself to someone who's like an influencer who has a lot more pull and this goes back to just daily kindnesses and just being this a positive this comes back to, to your muscles right that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's I can put a smile on people's faces by giving them the flex out shut up you're gonna derail my train of thought <laughs> I do have one customer who always appreciates that I roll up my sleeves, though. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> they always have a chuckle. Anyway, it, it so I get caught up in this comparison mindset where it's like, why do I even bother trying to do something great when I don't have the, the realm of influence that this one person like Joe Rogan has on his platform? But what actually gives me a sense of purpose in my daily job is I actually had this mission for myself where I'm going to make someone smile at every facility. Like, instead of you know, diminishing my own abilities by not being a Joe Rogan, I have then put small deeds as something to strive for, such as just making someone's life brighter every time I go to a different facility or see someone. It's just to make them smile and feel good about themselves. The thing is, it's the practice of that that eventually gets you off the journey to eventually end up being like a next Joe Rogan. Yeah, that, that, that's as, that's how start. I view it because it, essentially you get to see this part, which is super super successful. It doesn't matter what celebrity or anyone that that you look at, everyone sees this and they're like, "Oh, they're so amazing! They're so talented because they got this." Like they were basically given this great gift, and it's like 
fuck no. They're they're not given that gift. Maybe. The portion that yeah. that you do not see is all the pain, the suffering, the the blood, the sweat, the tears, and everything that they actually put in at the very beginning. Yeah, and then it gets compressed into this character, into what they eventually become, and then that's all that's seen. Yeah. Not any of this stuff, right? So, so I that, think that's fantastic. You're doing that. Appreciate it. Does that correlate at all with what you're saying in terms of like transformation, or how can you tie in that little rant that I just went on <laughs> into where you were going? At, well, you're a part of you know the good things that are happening in people's life, right? People who you make laugh, yeah. right? People uh, who may not be as happy with my attitude at work, probably, right? Mm-hmm. I am the bad for them, and you're the good for them at the facilities that you mm-hmm. you know provide smiles at. Um, so there is there is also this concept of good versus bad, right? That people talk about, right? And it's very relative. It's relative to the point of view that you're looking at looking at it from, right? Uh, what's good for me is probably not good for someone else, mm-hmm. and vice versa, right? Right. So we were talking about Shiva or Shaivism, yeah. right? Yeah. Or the path of transformation, as I would like to think, not the path of destruction, or not the destructor, or the destroyer. Mm-hmm. I call him the transformer, right? Which is uh, which is one angle of the supreme godhead. Well, essentially, if uh, going to like science and whatnot, if energy can't be created, destroyed, nor destroyed, right? Then it has to be transformed. And if you look at just the laws of what we we base science off of. Essentially, that's what it is. It's whether any chemical reaction is just a alteration or a transformation. So, essentially, you get to see Shiva every single day if you boil it down to that point. Yeah, and, and, and there is a set in, uh, in under Shaivism, or if I'm using the right word, if someone's listening and they're more knowledgeable about it, please feel free to like, correct me. Nothing, nothing wrong in that. But there's a sect called the Aghoris, and you should learn about that. There is nothing good or nothing bad for them. The idea of good and bad doesn't really exist. Okay. As I have perceived it, from what I have learned about them, from mm-hmm. what, how I perceive Because, you know, I can tell you one thing. I mean something else, but you can perceive it as something else, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the case with me. But the way I look at them is that there is no idea of good or bad for them. Everything is Shiva. Everything mm-hmm. is just one energy, Right? So one example of them is actually going to, um, uh, you know, what do you call um, over here, crematoriums okay, yeah, yeah. and eating human flesh, rotting human flesh. They consume that. But the practice comes from the idea that if everything is God, What's good and what's bad? If everything that I see on this planet, organic, inorganic, whatever you want to call it, chemical, fumes, carbon dioxide, methane, whatever you want to call it, which is responsible for the destruction or creation of so-called, you know, uh, present-day life, if everything has already been here and everything is a part of this planet and if everything is made by the one almighty, what's good and what's bad? I might be having a hard time wrapping my head around that. Yeah, but how does that 
uh, my my immediate question is like, does that mean that murder is considered then? I'm not saying that you should take someone else's life, but do you think justice exists? <laughs> but no, seriously, like, do you think if this is? I I believe that whatever you end up doing, yeah, eventually either catches up with you. Or, yes. or or something yeah. uh, which people may say are coincidences end up happening, but I believe that you are where you need to be in every state every of your, your your life, right? right. Uh, that that's, that's true. That's that's my belief, right? Yeah. Um, so going back to murder and whatnot, that individual, because in, in my what I believe that the Great Divine has given us as like the best gift ever is will. Like free will, yeah, right. And sometimes uh, free will doesn't serve us, or we choose uh, a path of a lower dimension, let's say, and then that puts us into the situation where we get jumped and then stabbed and end up dying, bleeding out in the street. And or, as he said, there is free will. There is always a choice. Now let's just let's just take this back. I'm and again like committing a murder or committing any sort of crime. As per the laws of the society that we live in, I condemn it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me put it out straight over there for any right, right, right. Okay? I do not profess any violence. Well, violence just gets more violence. Yes, violence gets... But again, going back to the idea of what's good versus what's bad, mm-hmm. right? Who, who created these ideas, right? So let's just say that someone got jumped, for example, mm-hmm. late at night. Yeah. That person... Living in the day and age that we are in, okay, maybe he was in the, he or she was in the middle of nowhere where they no had had no mobile access where they had nothing at all. Rogers was down for the day. Rogers was down for the day. There's multiple situations that we come across, right? But as you mentioned, that all of us have free will. We in every moment, in every moment, the human being has a choice. The victim and also the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. If you think deeply about it, yeah. both human beings have a choice. For all the listeners out there, I'm not saying that, you know, let's just say a woman being raped, where she's overpowered by her, uh, you know, by her aggressor, mm-hmm. she has a choice in that moment. What I'm saying is the situations that led to that, or the circumstances, or the, you know, the every situation that's that has led to that particular moment. I just want all of us to look back in time and think of that moment where we probably got jumped, where something bad happened to us. Before that moment came, did we have a choice to jump into that moment? And this this is going to take extreme self-awareness. Well, for sure. This is something that you would actually go and sit down with a therapist and, and, and talk about. And look through those traumas because, like, you need someone that is a professional to guide you through those yes. those sort of situations because those are a lot of sensitive and delicate uh, topics. Yeah. But remember, just go for the eyes. Right. That's that's what we're saying. And, <laughs> right. And, and again, like, if we people back down real quick, I'm just saying. If we put a spin on this, and if you think about it, you know, uh, you know, the trauma that the victims go through. If we are trained as human beings that, look man, on this planet, the idea of good and bad has actually, uh, uh, you know, created this divide. 
and the victim feels even more victimized or feels that I did something wrong, right? Those those feelings also need not be there. If something bad happened to you, the power of moving on is to understand that it had to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, because if you're sitting there second guessing and mulling over it, you're just gonna make it worse. Yeah. So you just gotta kind of accept the rawness of the shit. Yes. And figure out ways to move fast. Yeah, and, and sorry, sorry, I know you have to say something, but I just wanna add this to this. This this to this to this particular statement is that after something bad happens to you, mm-hmm. as we spoke about free will and the choice that you have, you do have the choice to make things right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To fight for what you think is right. Absolutely. And that in, in your mind can be murdering your aggressor. Hopefully people don't go Hopefully down people that, don't that, do that. that path because yeah. that's a very dark one that's to, a very dark to, one, to right? stumble down. But that can happen. Absolutely. Right? Depending on the severity of what was you know inflicted on that victim. Mm-hmm. Is a capital punishment okay? Probably. Depending on the severity of what was done to that victim. Well, I always believe pedophilia should be capital punishment. Right? So, again, coming back to the same thing, what's good and what's bad? Essentially, you're taking away the innocence of of a young one. The innocence is a hard one. When it comes to that, right? And it's like, it's tough with children because it's like, what, what is good and what's bad kind of thing? Like, clearly what you said is like, I view it as, as like, like I would kick the shit out of someone if, if I knew about that. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And like right. that's a, that's my opinion, and I just think that we should be protecting our young ones because essentially they are the 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 untouched future at this point in time, and we should be leaving better kids for our planet. That's true, yeah. right? And, and essentially installing better virtues, values, and everything within them because they're the ones that are going to forge the path of the future. Right, and I think that we we should also instill curiosity in them and allow them to grow as individuals. Because the more knowledge or the more wisdom that they end up having, uh, the better they can actually survive this life and make greater changes in our world. And humans have a tendency to always be on like this exponential curve upwards. So we just need uh, like parenting's hard, and we just need to do do our best and also realize that sometimes we make mistakes, but also if you do make a mistake, be the bigger person and actually tell your kid as well. Apologize yeah, to them. Yeah, and be, be like the, 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 this is how I screwed up. So that when they screw up, they can take the responsibility of it as well and be like, hey, I screwed up here and like I'm sorry, but like I made a bad decision. My question, or what I was wondering, when are you going to write a self-help book for everyone? Because you're just dropping all this wisdom and everything for people. They're going to be expecting it now, you know? You can do it in, like, a Poetica or something like that. It's all good. But uh, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're expecting it. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just got you lost for words. Just like, I wasn't expecting this, Tyson. This is a curveball. Yeah, I actually wasn't expecting that one, but... You know the chain of or the train of thoughts that all of us have is unique, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And as I said, man, like the the amount of good and the amount of bad hasn't really increased or decreased on this planet. It's just compressed in a very short period of time for us. Yeah. And we are the lucky ones who are actually getting the fruits of our labor right away. 
versus our parents who had to labor all their life for making a house. Yeah. Let's say, right? Yeah. For earning that, that, that one dollar. Yeah. Right? And now we are earning millions and probably some make people make billions, right? Yeah. So yeah. we are in a very, very uh, good period of time, I would say. Yeah. Now it's up to us what we do with it. Right? Yeah. Including, including, you know, the understanding of the good and the bad. Uh, and also, um, how you were mentioning about passing down the virtues that we should be mm-hmm. for an ideal world to the next generation. Right? So, I mean, I, I shouldn't be the only one writing a book about it. Right? <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, a lot of conversations that we have had uh, are, are very deep. Yeah. And, like, your perceptions are a little, like, quite a bit different than mine. And I believe that it comes from, uh, like, an individual's upbringing because you have certain experiences within your life, like seeing a ghost eating food, right? Which I never have had the opportunity to get my mind shattered like that and go, what just happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but I, I always think that the, that's fascinating. And like the closest thing for me in essential, like a spiritual sense like that is like, I enjoy hallucinogenics and whatnot because you get um, a certain openness with them, right? And so, like, for, for myself, uh, whenever I have done, like, any, like, psilocybin or, like, DMT, it basically opens me up and I feel the good vibrations or the love of the, the universe. And it's, like, it, in a way, that is a way to get close to God. Or um, another way would be essentially through breath work, which... I'm sure, I'm sure you're familiar with, but it's like, I've done that too, not to the extent where I've had any like visuals, but I've heard like, if you do like a Wim Hof method or, or things like that, where there is a breath retention, so you hyper your body, hold your breath uh, with no oxygen in your lungs and allow the, the oxygen that's through your veins just to do its work and repeat that multiple times, you can end up having visualizations. And so I'm sure that, like, within your culture, there is a lot of that stuff because, like, whether it's through uh, meditation, breathwork, or, like, yoga, it's all to experience some sort of divine that, that is within us. Right, it's out of our own compounds of our minds. Yeah. Kind of gives us that third eye, you could say. Yeah, you could say that. We all have that third eye. Absolutely. It's the, in the scientific term, they call it the pituitary gland. Yeah. Right in the middle. Oh, yeah. Right in the middle. And with mushrooms, it's more like taking a crowbar to it and, <laughs> and just like snapping that bitch open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, like using any uh, any external methods of, you know, activating it, mm-hmm. whatever you use or whatever you might want to use. As I said, there is no idea of good or bad that exists in my mind. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I would like to leave my, leave my life because that way... I am not, uh, you know, I'm actually getting away from past and moving on to the future. Mm. But, uh, as you're talking about instant gratification mm-hmm. and re- reaching and achieving things faster, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just want to, you know, say that these external uh, materials that we use to uh, achieve that level of, if, if I may say, happiness and closeness to God or God sure. already, might, might, might be good. Uh, and is it the only way or is it the best way? I would say that it's not necessarily the best way, mm-hmm. but it is a tool that you can use upon your journey to 
essentially reset because like psilocybin mm-hmm. actually resets like your 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 brain. Uh, so it almost gives you like a refresh. And so like essentially the next day you're contemplative and you really think about a lot of the things. Um, so it, it gives you an opportunity to continue down the path, right? But if you're just using it as like, let's say a party drug kind of thing, you're not going to have the same spiritual effects because the intention is different and the yeah. intention is very important whenever you get into something, right? Because it's like you want to set that intention to get something out of it so that you can essentially uh, flip through the pages of life and can you continue on this path of uh, greater spiritual growth. Because in my opinion, it's like you have your three aspects where it's body, mind, spirit. And I feel like now people aren't really working on all of those aspects. Maybe yeah. people over over focus on like bodies, right? And there's that. You have people that are overly uh, spiritual, or that's all they focus on. Or you have some people that just solely focus on like knowledge and material good, or like uh, just knowledge and, and wisdom, right? But essentially, it would be the balancing of all three of those is what we need to achieve as an individual. To my my opinion is to complete like the your your human experience. Mm-hmm. Achieve that balance. Yeah. Well, that's all life is, is really a balancing act. Yeah. Right? Even our universe, it has to balance itself with gravity as we spin crazily around the sun, as our sun spins around a galaxy, our galaxy spinning around an even bigger thing, right? So it's like everything uh, is balanced within our system. doesn't matter how far you go out or how small you get down to the, like, the smallest particle that we're able to see right now. Everything is balanced. I can, I can definitely say that the physical pursuit helped my mental pursuit while I was in college. My, uh, my ability to study and my ability to get better grades improved greatly when I started working out during mm-hmm. college times. You know what that is, right? It helps your brain function yeah. at a higher capacity. Yeah. You want to get smarter, start working out. That's, yeah. That's true. Straight up. That's yeah. part of the balancing act. Oh yeah, that's very true. I I feel the same. Like I I left working out, and now that I work out, like this morning I was sick. I told both of you, right? Mm-hmm. But since I've been, you know, trying to get healthier, eat a lot actually, <laughs> just to bulk up. Um, I found uh I I went into a mental space where I used to never fall sick. Or even if I was sick, I'd be like, ah, this is nothing. I'm gonna get over this easily, right? Um, so that's that's the mental state that I I switched to right away mm-hmm. after I speaking. So I'm like, ah, you know what? There was a commitment. Let's just follow through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is this day is gonna come and go, but this opportunity might not come again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What an opportunity that is to be chat with us. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something horrible, but then I was like, damn it, what if that was the millisecond that that the one god would be sitting, or god is sitting on my tongue? Probably. And I would have <laughs> fucked everything up. Probably. Right? Yeah. Probably. See, now you got me all contemplative of the usual stuff that I bring up. You know? Like, I oh, mean, great. It's a practice at the end of the day. I say so much shit. Throughout my day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> having like a really humor. So, was, yeah, it's impossible not to have negativity through some moments of the day. Yeah, it is very true. It's uh, it's gonna happen. The only thing that takes takes away the negativity is small kitties 
Yes, yes. <laughs> Is Raven still there? Yeah. Yeah, one of our... I got to get uh, Marley on this podcast at some point, too. Owner of that particular pet shop. Yeah, yeah. Raven's still there. One of my favorite... One of my favorite places. Still to she's being Raven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking about cats, this last week I had a really weird experience. Mm. Uh, and this was when I was driving into work. Always, always in the darkness, okay? Uh, so driving into work, um, the first road I took, nearly ran over a kitten. Nearly. Oh, didn't. Didn't. I didn't. Oh. I just, I need to clarify that, right? Um, I was like, holy shit, that's weird. I'm like, why the hell is a cat out in like the middle of the n- night just completely black? Because this is the first time out of what, like the two and a half years that I've lived there. I've ever seen a cat out at that time, right? Driving down the highway, uh, probably halfway to Edmonton, see another cat on the side of the road. I'm like, man, this is weird, right? Get right before the yellowhead turn on from my highway, and there was another cat. This is so bizarre because I've never seen any cats along that highway ever in any of the time that I have driven it. And I drive it like every single day, right? And so when I see things like that, like really odd things, I always believe that it is some sort of a sign, right? Mm -hmm. Because it just is all so coincidental or or things that are coinciding with each other, right? And so for cats, I looked it up in like my, my spirit guide and whatnot. It's like essentially that I should believe in my abilities more than what I do. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's uh, that's interesting. I'm like, yeah, good job. <laughs> that's pretty positive. But uh, one of the craziest things that I've had at, I'll tell you two crazy things that have happened at work, which I think is brilliant. And one day I was loading up my truck, right? And someone was walking to their truck. Coyote walks right through our yard, right? Like right behind that, between, between both of us. And I'm like, okay, cool. Walks down this way. One of the supervisors walk up this way, right? And I'm like, did you did you see the coyote? Did you see the coyote? And they're like, no, what, what do you mean? I'm like, it walked right through our yard. I'm like, how did you not see it? I'm like, it even walked down like right <laughs> beside you. It blows me away that it's like, I'm the only person that had like saw that coyote that day, right? I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool. That was a gift just for me, right? Another thing is like, this was pre, pre-COVID when we had meetings and whatnot. I had my doors open in the back and come to my truck afterwards and I walk through the back all the way to the, the driver's seat, right? Get to the front. Right there, like on the steering wheel, was a magpie. Scared the shit out of me. Freaking scared the shit out of me. I ran out of that like a little girl. Uh, and that was when my good friend Scott was still working there too. And I like popped out. Holy! Oh my god! Holy crap! I'm so there's a raven, and everyone's like, "What the fuck's your problem, dude?" And I'm like, "There's a raven in my truck." I'm like, "My god!" It scared the shit out of me. So I essentially let it out through the side door. But I'm like, that was kind of cool too, because I'm like, "What is the likelihood of that actually happening?" Like realistically, because I haven't heard it happen to anyone else. Is it all the span of one day? 
No, that, oh, that, that's like, say, that, that was probably like, within a within a year. People start working at a yeah, zoo, yeah. the wildlife is well, calling you if that was all in one day. And that's like when I pointed that one coyote to you, and then you like yeah. popped your head out. And as he popped your head out, yeah, it was taking, taking a shit. Yeah. It just took a huge shit. I think that was a sign that life's going to take a shit on me. Wasn't it the same spot that you guys usually stop and talk? Like, besides the, besides where all the trucks stop? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was there too, and then you guys would just Yeah, you rolled up shortly. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But I'm like, all those are like really special moments, I think, in life, where it's yeah. like, you get to see something that, like, no one else gets to see. Yeah. And it's like, you should really cherish that, because it's like, as uh, one of my people said, I'm like, oh, have, have a good week, see you next time, and they're like, Maybe not. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> it was just it was it, it was just an individual. I was like, what? What? It like threw me off. I'm like, uh, yeah, I get, I guess. So hopefully that's not the case. But we'll, we'll you see. never know. That was that was the reason why my mom was like religious about hugging and saying that she loves us after every departure. She yeah. would say that to us. She was like, well, I like to give you a hug and say I love you every time we leave each other's presence because you just never know. You yeah. just never know. So, I mean, that, that is pretty bleak that he would say that, but it is, oh, I, I mean, female, so. that this individual would say that she would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is God. It's got some validity to it. Like, yeah. You yeah. never know. You never know when Godzilla I might like, come out and, and just laser beam your city. Right? <laughs> I like to ask people random questions and something like that. I, I went to a grocery store and I was in the, I was in the checkout. And the cashier asked me how I'm doing or whatever. I'm like, oh, good. How about you? And they're like, oh, not bad. And then I paused for a minute. I'm like, so does that imply that you're not doing good either? <laughs> they, just, they did not have it. They were just uh, like, oh. Just threw them off guard. <laughs> they just didn't even want to engage with it. But I'm like, it made me wonder about that, that phrase. Oh, not bad. Well, what? That means that you're not good? Like, you know what I mean? It's just well, like to throw like, people off. It's like people being sarcastic, being like, living the dream. Oh, that is and so I hate that saying. So when people say that to me and they're like, how about you? And I'm like, oh, it, uh, it feels more like a reoccurring nightmare. <laughs> what? It's just sarcasm <laughs> two different ways. Right? <laughs> That's true. And, and it's funny because like, makes me laugh, though. some people take that like really negatively and they're like, what? And like almost get like that. slightly offended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, why the hell would you say you're living your dream? I'm like, if your dream's waking up and going to work and doing that, because I I like to take people when they're being sarcastic, literally, because it just like completely messes with them. Uh, so, so then I'm like, oh yeah, I'll I'll say this, throw people off. <laughs> That's so, a good, it's a good time. Well, I threw off one guy this week. Um, me and him have an interesting relationship because it's all all witty and kind of kind of like throw punches at each other, right? And so this week I just went to him and he works in an office and I just I went there and I was like gave him a hug and I was like there there and then just walked away and he's like I'm so confused. Oh yeah, no, you won't know him. Anyways, so then I go down the hallway, right? And uh, facility. I went down the hallway and I was having a conversation with two guys and then he pops in and he was like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, excuse me, I'm in a very important conversation. No, you're not. Me? I'm like, hold on. I just say a couple more things, get up, give him a hug, tap him on the shoulder. There, there. 
And then I just walk away, and he's like, I'm so confused. <laughs> Pop into, like, the next room, and they have, like, an injured technician there. And I was just like, hey, can you do me a favor? I'm like, this guy up front in the office. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, can you just give him a hug and tap him on the shoulder and be like, there, there? He's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I'm like, most importantly, don't explain anything to him. Go to their lunchroom, and everyone's, like, on break. And I was like, hey, this guy in the office, can you guys just do this? And I explained the whole story. And I'm like, but make sure you don't tell him anything, right? So, so I'm like, I'm hoping that they all did and just, like, left it as is. So next week when I come there, he's just going to be like, what the hell did you do? Maybe get a lot of nice hugs. Yeah, yeah. I you know what? Maybe when did that to him. Probably going to be way better off, I guess. With, with you know what? Hugging doesn't hurt people, you know? We need more hugs in this world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need some more. We need more love. That's for sure. Yeah. But again, what's good and what's bad? I don't know. You tell me, brother. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. For each his own, right? We keep on looping back to this. Yeah. Continue on. We, what? Uh, tell us more about your journey. Like, what's... Oh. What you see right now is... You guys know everything about when I came to Calgary. So, I I think we are on a very different trajectory on, on, a, on, on more important topics than what happened in my life. So. <laughs> oh. Fair. You, you want to keep a little bit of a mystery there, eh? I got you. Fair enough. Fair enough. What's been some of your favorite life takeaways this far? Like, What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in your journey and in your experiences? Uh, well, one fundamental that I live for and live by is is a very common most of the people live by it but um, expect the best but prepare for the worst mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. always power of positivity shows in expecting for the best mm-hmm. and um, when you have Murphy's Law on the other side yeah. I mean if something goes sideways why are you prepared for it anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess my life experiences have taught me to uh, expect the best and prepare for the worst. Yeah. In every job that I've been at. Yeah. That's some good advice you can give people for, for just life situations to dealing with, with the stress of everyday life. If you think that it's fucking up with your mind, and mess in your mind, mm-hmm. and if you think there is someone who's responsible for it, make sure that person knows it. Mm. Speak up. Oh yeah. Speak up. Keep people accountable. Um, I mean, it may not be accountable. May not be the right term because you, sure. a lot of us make up stories in our own mind and hold other people responsible for our situations and everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, speaking up would actually clarify the situation, and you might. Or in most cases, you will get to hear the other side of the story, right? Let me probably put it this way. Keep yourself accountable to to your life. Yeah. Right. Right. Whether you need to find out an answer, did they do this on purpose? Which a lot of the time I feel like people are so busy with their own life or are trapped in like their own mind that a lot of the time it happens through... Uh, accident or they're not paying attention Mm -hmm. and then it just ends up affecting someone else but they didn't necessarily mean it to go that direction that's true 
So always, always speak up regardless of if you think that it has happened on purpose or if you don't know the reason, mm-hmm. right? If someone is troubling you in your mind or if someone has actually troubled you, mm-hmm. make sure that you stand up for yourself, speak up and ask the reason. Right? For sure. That's yeah. going to make the life so easy. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I find that in those situations, it's best to uh, come from a place of trying to learn what happened rather than a, like coming at it at an aggressive point kind of thing. Like when, when you're asking somebody mm-hmm. to, to speak up or like uh, when some, something happens to me, I go, okay, I might be seeing this a little bit uh, wrong, but could you help me with, with the perception of this issue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then basically lay it out and then they'll basically fill in the missing parts of the story and it's always somewhere in between. That's true. Like two people's stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had to, uh, I was so hypersensitive to how people treated me when I was, I, I went through a really interesting developmental stage when I was in college. I would hyperanalyze every situation. Someone would look at me funny. Someone that I admire or whatever, someone that I look up to, they would give me this kind of sideways glance and I would immediately think that I did something wrong to deserve that. And then eventually I just grew a pair and I just started like asking her, confronting her, like, hey, like you gave me like a sideways glance. Was that something like, were you trying to, you know, tell me something? And they would just be like, no, I didn't even realize that I did it. And then I, I, I started asking these clarification questions so frequently that eventually I just started to understand that half the stuff that I'm perceiving isn't even accurate. Like this person just happened to look at me and didn't realize that they have RBF, like resting bitch face. And then they just looked at me funny and I would just take it and internalize it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I, I, I took the power into my own hands and I started asking clarification questions on like everything. Like I'd be like, Hey, what's you guys, what's it like sitting across from me? Like, what's it like being in, in, the, in my presence? Like, am I this way or am I that way? Like help me understand myself by giving me your perspective. And it's just like, I feel like a lot of problems could be solved if we would just be willing to have that humility and just ask people. For sure. And that's why I let you win wrestle. Because you were so red in the face. I thought you were going to pass out, dude. You're, I was you so red in the face? Yeah. You were, you were seeing red because all like the blood ripped, was in your brain. Ripped your arm out of your socket. That's what I was afraid of. You know, we have a round two. I might be a little bit small, but you know, I got, I got some... Some crazy force behind these things. <laughs> we'll have a round two and we'll record it and put it behind a, uh, a paywall so people can watch us out wrestling. No one, cool. no, no one wants <laughs> to see that. That might be a good idea. idea. That's part That's of our part. We'll do right hand and left hand. We'll see who's Yeah, gone. but what happens when you lose both of them? <laughs> then I just well, don't show your faces. Let people get <laughs> yeah, Just the arms. No, they'll the be able to guess because I, I, I keep on commenting on his biceps. So they'd be like, That's Carlin. If I if I lose both times, I'll just straight up admit that your genetics are stronger than mine, oh, which is I a very you, high chance. I thought you were going to say you were quitting the podcast, and I was like, <laughs> yes, finally, sweet. I got, solo. got this to myself now. <laughs> Tyson got the solo name. <laughs> I'm kidding. I can't, go, I can't go with that, because then our name doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's right. One brave bastard, all of a sudden. Well, it'd be the singularity bastard. <laughs> yeah. But... On, on, on that thing, when, when you said that you internalized and you um, started, you know, uh, taking the power in your own hands, that's a very strong statement that mm-hmm. that is uh, that has a huge effect on how people start leading their lives after that moment happens. 
you know, one of the doors that those moments open up is the doors of negotiation. Mm. Negotiation is a very powerful skill. Very powerful skill, and I think we were not very good at it. You were talking about this guy. Yeah, he's diving into it because he's like, life is negotiation. Now he's going to get real deep. No, I mean, I think I, you and me were talking about it on the truck, right? Yeah. A, a long time back. In, because uh, let's say that after this job, you're going to have something else. You might work for yourself or you might have uh, the same job, but yeah. you're a different company. It's sponsored. You have to negotiate. You will have to negotiate, right? And there's going to be those power moments, those opportunities that you will have to seize where you are internalizing those feelings which are ready to burst out of you. Mm-hmm. But you don't take that opportunity and you don't live that moment powerfully and you just let that opportunity fly by and the negotiation never happens. Right. Fair enough. It's better to take a swing at it and miss than not to take a so swing the, at all. So the first step of negotiation is to activate. Activate, yeah. yeah. So, you know, seize that. You're, you're making it sound kind of like uh, power right now. <laughs> negotiation <laughs> power. <laughs> activate. <laughs> but taking taking that moment in your hand, like, you know, take that, living that moment and living it with all the power that you have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because of that negotiation pathway. See, I think that people really discount themselves more than what they should. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, yeah. let me put it this way. Uh, we are our biggest critics because we know all the worst shit that we've ever done in our life. And we discount ourselves on that. Yet we don't praise ourselves on all the good that we have done throughout our life. Yeah. And so we have this very tainted picture of what we are of an entity versus other people can't see that bad stuff most of the time. And so then they have a different perception of you. And I think that uh, an individual should really treat themselves like their best friend. That's true. And the reason why is because if it's your best friend, it's like, you can do anything. You're the best. You, you got this, right? And it's always those affirmations that your best friend gives you. And I think that that's how you should treat yourself always. Because then it's like, all right, I know that there's something here. And under this intense pressure that I'm going to put on myself, it's like, that's what diamonds are created, of, yeah. or, or essentially legends. It's the people that want to forge their own way are the individuals that eventually uh, get to the dreams or aspirations of what they want to do. And on that note, what are your dreams? Where do you want to go in life? Haven't they always changed? But they they do, but Ooh. okay, currently, what do you want in, in the long run? What's the next step you have to activate? Oh, I have, I'm, 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 I'm activating uh, my next uh, trip to my homeland. Okay. So anything that has to happen, how much of a good or bad it is, which I probably may have controlled through thoughts, uh, has to happen after my India trip. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I hope the greatest yeah. blessing on you so yeah. that you just have a lot of great times and good times to pass through. So if you ask me what's my what's my dream right now, yep. is to make uh, make my India trip happen. Okay, fair enough. So I'm working on that and that's it. Okay. Now, if you could have a superpower, hmm. what would it be? No one sleeps on you. 
Holy shit. Oh my god. That, that, was, that, that is the I, least selfish power I've ever heard in my life. I, I wasn't even thinking about any of that. <laughs> Solve world hunger. No one should sleep hungry. I mean, that's the worst thing that you can do to a human being. If it's a living being, human being or any living being. Yeah, yeah. No one should sleep hungry. Fair enough. Well, you're going to screw up people in Ramadan, though, then. You know? Okay. I know not completely true. They eat before they go to bed or when the sun sets. <laughs> so like, yeah, no, they, they eat after the uh, after the last period of the day, right? Yeah, they yeah. have to make their fast every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to, and then before the first period mm-hmm. of the day, they have to eat something before they begin their fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's covered. <laughs> You're like we're good there. There you go. Facts checked. That's good. learn your shit, Tyson. Come on, man. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? My favorite conspiracy theory. There's so many of them. Oh, there's a plethora plethora of them. And some of them I make it in my own head because I start connecting the dots. I'm like, has anyone ever thought about this? (laughs) Or am I the only one who's thinking about it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Could, Could be. What's the example of that one? We're just not, we're not saying that these theories are true. It's just what's your favorite? What do you think is the most like? What entertains you? Yeah, the most, the most entertaining oh, factor. Oh, like what the fuck? I'm pretty sure you guys you guys follow geopolitics and what's happening in the world right now mm-hmm. and where we are heading to, right? Maybe yeah, some some people a right? little bit. Yeah, I'm quite yeah, on, yeah, I'm quite on par with a few <laughs> levels of it. Yeah. It's probably uh, my favorite right you now. You guys know that Japanese ex-Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe just got shot yesterday. I didn't know and that. He, he is know he's that. dead. Shinzo Abe. Hmm. Okay, so Shinzo Abe is dead. Boris Johnson, UK Prime Minister, had to step down today. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Alright, alright. Okay. He's building something here. Yeah. And um, Sri Lanka is on the verge of collapse. Uh-huh. That's a Chinese colony. Essentially, what I'm getting at is um, I think, and this is not a hidden conspiracy theory, but I think that the cards are being placed on the table for um, for a war that's going to come to us in the next three to five years. What yeah, we are yeah. living right now is just a preview. The picture is still yet to come. Oh, oh shit! So preview sucked. So <laughs> well, well, essentially, like the next little bit, you're gonna start seeing like food shortages and stuff like that because of like farm communities and places like. So you look at Ukraine, and they did a lot of weed and whatnot. And typically, their exports were from the like they export to countries around them. But I think they are like thirty percent of the world's like we Ukraine and Russia, something like that, right? About like I'm probably wrong with my numbers and whatnot. Those are just just assumptions, kind of thing, or like uh, going off of rough numbers in my head. Um, But that's going to drive up the price of wheat, right? Or like uh, other countries will have a harder time getting like uh, products to make bread and things like that. Um, In Canada, we kind of have ourselves covered with that, but. Trudeau likes to give away everything, so I'm sure that he will probably give away some of that stuff, too. What, 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 what? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> you get some resources. You get some resources. Yeah, he's like, we he's, get nothing. He's he's the Oprah of, like, the world, I guess, you know? Yeah. You get something, you get something, and then everyone that's uh, producing 
all of the taxpayers' money doesn't really get anything. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. I mean, marijuana is <laughs> legal now. Yeah, what are you guys complaining we get to, about? <laughs> we get to numb ourselves with that in yeah, our new I'm, wonderful reality. Yeah. Stay <laughs> away from the wonderful reality. Oh, um, shit. But I know that the, there's that, and I agree with you. I think that we have only seen the start of what, what this war is. And if you look at, uh, essentially, how the big wars play out, we're basically in the period of time where we will see the next big war. Even the transformation no, period that you were talking about? This is one of the very small transformation periods. This, well, this is, oh, yeah. It's going to build up. World War Three is just going to be a small transformation a small period. Transformation. Don't worry about it. It's it's all good. It might wipe off like 90% of the population. It has to happen. It is not good and it's not bad. Transformation it's will just, happen. It's just going to happen. It's, it's, it's funny because, you know, um, let's just go back in time a little bit because... Uh, a lot of uh, listeners uh, or, you know, the, the curious souls out there, they do follow all this, right? They do follow people like Ray yeah. Dalio. I don't know if you follow him or not. He's like no. the best investor uh, that people have seen in, in the living history. Mm-hmm. Um, he came up with, um, there's a video on YouTube where people uh, people can actually watch it, where he was talking about the, the growth of an empire and the decline of an empire and how mm-hmm. time and again... Uh, you know, all the big empires mm-hmm. since back in the days have shown the same pattern. Yeah, so essentially, last. what I yeah. have gotten out of it is the Dutch and the Portuguese empire in the 15 and the 1600s mm-hmm. lasted for about, on an average, 120 to 150 years. Okay. After that, starting in the 1700s, the British empire began, mm-hmm. you know, started declining in the late 1800s mm-hmm. from all over the planet. And the American empire started mm-hmm. rising up in the mid 1800s yeah it's about 150 odd years yeah so we're, we're coming to so we like are, a reset period basically. we're coming to a reset period and that's um, one of my favorite conspiracies the and then reset. the chinese i would say the chinese went on steroids what americans did in 60 years chinese made it happen in 20 years and didn't even realize that they're you know mm-hmm. just going like going so fast towards their own extinction yeah. Uh, just the credit bubble in China itself mm. is so oh. massive for their own economy. Economy. Yeah. Americans have a huge credit bubble. Yeah. Like it would take Americans a whole year of full GDP and more. Yeah, yeah. To just pay off their debt. Mm. So every human being working in America has to work throughout the year and give away every fucking single dollar to yeah. get out of debt. Yeah. See, and that's where war comes in because a lot of countries are actually in debt. What what actually generates a lot of money somehow war. is war, right? And so, like, or it creates a collapse, which makes a reset. Well, yeah. well, well, the thing is, that's how you would pay back all of this debt that they have right now. Is we would go to war because that creates jobs in your your homeland of creating weaponry or like yeah. tanks or airplanes and stuff like that, which ends up funding the war. Which I don't really understand this because then you just blow up shit and then you make more stuff, but somehow you pay off like the debt. I don't know. It's all coming out of the wazoo and going in the wazoo. <laughs> yeah, right? it, it, it just it doesn't make a whole lot. It doesn't sense make a lot of sense. But I'm sure there's someone that's like this is this is why this works. And maybe, would money, understand <clears throat> maybe war stops the money from leaking in other you know, backdoor deals to other countries that could be paying off our debt, but instead they're 
Uh, that's that's a conspiracy. That's all. Maybe that's what yeah. war actually plugs those holes of so, governments just handing out shit. I'm talking about like great reset. Um, it's interesting because like Joe Rogan has talked about this on like his podcast. It's, it's less of a conspiracy, and, and, but, but, but the thing so is, that's like, why it's my favorite. <laughs> you, you look at like the the pyramids and stuff like that, and you're like, holy shit, how did they build that, right? And essentially, it's like, what if uh, humans get a technological point, then a great cataclysmic event he happen or happens, and then essentially like takes out all of them, the flood, and then eventually humans that have survived or like tribal people or whatnot end up coming, and they're like, wow, this must be aliens. But yeah. what if it was like, imagine if uh, North America and all the Western civilization got like wiped out, and the only people left were like. Uh, tribal uh, places like there, there's tribal people in in Australia and like Africa and whatnot. What if those were the only people that were left over, right? And then eventually venture out, and they're like, "How did they build this big giant statue? Holy crap! It must be aliens, or it must be this, right?" And it's like, no, we just find different technological advances, and different since there's areas. different cultural lenses and stuff like that, we would make our technology a little bit different along the way. So I do, I do like the the, uh, the the flood being pointed back to as a point of wiping out and starting a new era because there is, I haven't looked into it personally, but there's actually like water corrosion on the on the pyramids. There's evidence of actually be water mm-hmm. corrosion on there, so it's oh. like that could point back to the fact that there was a flood, which caused mm-hmm. a reset in society. Well, you even look at it, and you have fossilized fish and stuff like that on like mountains and things that aren't supposed to be in areas and they say that it could have been possibly a large uh, flood or they theorize that a big asteroid ended up hitting in the ocean somewhere and causing a tidal wave that essentially wiped out a bunch of stuff. There's no way that you can find out because we don't have a good memory. No, and no, no. A lot of the memories. Can't even can remember destroy. what happened like six months back. Forget about it. What do you mean? Some people can't even remember after being like, "Sorry, oh, what?" what? <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> so, so oh, yeah. Again, I mean, the biggest conspiracy theory that I believe that's going to take place in this decade is us going to a war, but that's probably not going to happen up until twenty four, twenty five. That's just my prediction. And if this is out there somewhere that I'm throwing out, that'd be not good for the planet. But hey, I mean, that's just what I'm thinking. It's not good or bad. It's not good or bad. It just is. It is. It is. It's just a chemical transformation of our world into the next phase. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go missing, uh, it's the government. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) You're becoming an experiment. Probably. <laughs> no, 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 that wouldn't be bad. What would your superpower be, Carlin? Oh, fuck me. Wow. Yeah, I know you can't top that because all mine are real selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I Well, just wonder, like, what do you mean all of yours? How many have you got? No, no, I'm just referring to his and what he threw down. I'm like, any of the ones I want aren't anything pure like that. I've always liked the idea of being a super stealth. So, like, invisibility and flying. It would okay. be, like, pretty cool. Mm. I just think, like, if reincarnation is something, I would just want to be, like, a fucking hawk. Hog? Hawk. A hawk. A hog. <laughs> 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 They're pretty powerful. 
Hogs are. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're a real nuisance to Texas, too. You so, can seriously blow them up. It's totally legal. Would you be one of the hawks over in, like, Australia that are branded as fire hawks because they will go pick up little pieces of wood that are on fire, oh. whether in their beak or their foot, and then drop it into the forest and then watch as all the critters run out so that they can have a snack? That's <laughs> no, I would want to be the type of hawk, or this might even be a bald eagle, but the kind that knocks uh, mountain sheep off the mountain and kills them and then eats them at the bottom. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty that's, sure that's pretty a, I think gnarly. that's a bald eagle that does that. I think it like, is a bald like eagle. One, one of the eagles. Massive. Kind of thing. Yeah, Massive they're huge. Bird. They're huge. But that wouldn't be your superpower, right? That would just be a reincarnation. True. He wants to be like Beast Boy, so he can ah. just change into whatever animal he wants. That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty yeah. cool. As long as I can fly and be invisible from here. So you want to fly. That's yeah. like your dream. So, that'd be pretty cool. So then you could be a commander in the Octopus Army as well. There you go. <laughs> Thinking ahead, I see how it is. <laughs> they fly? No, but they can't. Water. They, 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 can, <laughs> they can go invisible. Yeah, they can. Well, I was right, thinking, like, yeah, if I was beast, then I could just turn into a chameleon and be invisible, and then I could just turn into a bird and fly away. Yeah, but I was referring back to Saint or an Mark octopus. and the, the 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 octopus army. You know, that's, that's right. going to take over the world one a couple day. Couple references back to our first episode. Yeah. See, you should have listened to the first episode. Oh. You would have been on top of this. You would have been like, I know what you guys are talking about—skinny grenades and everything. But no, <laughs> that's what it is, man. That was such a rant and such a tangent on our last one, too. It was a good tangent, okay? Yeah, a new paranoia. I was scared what would you do in a zombie apocalypse? What would I do in a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. Carl and I already said he'd just give up and get eaten so that he could live that sweet, sweet zombie life. Really? I said that? No, I'm just I making sure a shit. I to a freaking mountain where it's snow and they can't survive. How do you know? What if they do better in frozen conditions? But I would die because I would literally bank on the fact that they would freeze. And if they don't, then they just get preserved a little bit better. (laughs) They just move a little bit slower, you know. Can we talk? I can't really answer that. I mean, nothing comes up in my mind. Comes in my mind right now. That means that you would be the creator of the apocalypse. And I think so. I have that much power. If I have that much power, what would be a zombie apocalypse? So Fuck. Yeah. No, no, I. That's crazy. I bring out some stuff here and there once in a while. What would you do in a zombie apocalypse? Oh man, you know what? I uh, I'd probably just try to live my best life out in the country. You know. And then every once in a while, when zombies start roaming out there, you know, take them out with an axe. Eventually, I'd die. I know that already. Okay, so I just, I just live a, a quiet life in the country. Yeah, I guess because, because, like, okay, there's, you can still survive if you know the ancient ways of actually preserving stuff and so yeah, on and so forth. Lost, lost art. Yeah, yeah. Or you just get the book that's like the lost ways, which tell you how to do everything without uh, electricity, because you can still like refrigerate things uh, in like certain ways and preserve stuff. It also talks about like if you there's certain plants out there that you can use for medicine and painkillers and yeah. things like that. So. I have it downloaded, printed off. 
just when our power grid goes out, I have a lot of reading to catch up on, right? But, you know, that's probably what I would do for, for the most part. So either that or I'd go live with the reptilians down underground, and I'd be like, listen up, you guys. There's a bunch of zombies up there that you guys can just eat, uh, and I'll just hang out with you guys and be a part of your society now. <laughs> I wish we could have a camera on Shay's face. It's like, I'm what the fuck? thinking about you going <laughs> in a fucking hole and talking to snakes and whichever. No, I'm talking about Godzilla. Like no, I'm talking about like alien reptilians right now, man. You know the conspiracy of people thinking that the no, royal family and stuff like yeah. that are like lizard people. Lizard people, kind of like them, but the ones that are underground. But the ones yeah. that have been shunned? Uh, no, but they just live huh. underground. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing that comes to my mind, if, if, if this is, like, let's just say if you guys are turning into zombie right now, in this moment, I would bring out my I, the most violent side that anyone can imagine and just go on a fucking violent rampage. Just get every zombie that comes my way. Just go all Try and survive. Yeah, all Mad yeah. Max. Bad Max. In that moment. Yeah. There's I no would... Happy Max in that moment. No. I would try and survive. That's it. Like, that's my answer to it. But yeah, yeah. in that in, the, in that journey of like whatever, one or two days, I'd survive. I'd kill so many of them. Yeah. So, live the movie like, you know. Yeah. All the action <laughs> effects. In uh, your culture, do you have any like, because um, there's like, lore in every culture, right? So whether it's like uh, the Yeti or like, let's say, dragons and things like that in your culture, are there any like uh, odd creatures and things like that? It might blow your mind. Yeti is actually uh, actually a um, term that's used in Nepal and India. Yeti, they mm-hmm. call it. Yeah. So that's one of the mystical creatures that we have in Apple Yeti is from Himalayas. Uh, see, see, but the, like, if we talk about Yeti, Bigfoot, Abominable, mm-hmm. Snowman, anything like that, and they're like, this is what uh, blows my mind, is that it's found in cultures across the planet. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I think that that's very interesting, and I'm like, okay, well, could they have existed at one point in time? Right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's like thinking about this because everyone's probably like you're freaking insane thinking if uh, if they exist wouldn't you bump into them and the little fun fact that I like to bring up is do you know how long it took them to actually find a panda no I don't they didn't know the panda such a cute creature they didn't know it existed. so so they were yeah. going off of like mythical stuff no one, like, they didn't know that pandas were an actual creatures, like, creatures when they were searching them out. And so, like, they searched on and off for 60 years before finding right. a panda. Right? China? Yeah. And uh, the thing is that pandas are awake during the day, and they move real slow. Right? So imagine a yeti, which, uh, or, like, Bigfoot or whatever creature you want to think of. Uh, it is hypothesized that they're nocturnal. They have a greater like bone and muscle density than us, so they'd be quicker. So essentially, if you never went out to the deep, dark woods, which would be like their inhabited area, which Canada has never land surveyed through like our woods or anything like that. So 
would it be possible that they do exist? We just don't see them. We don't go deep enough into the woods. But even if we did, they would probably hear us or see us first and would be able to disappear pretty fast. Absolutely, I believe that. Oh yeah, there is such a huge part of this planet. Our own surroundings that we don't actually try and discover, right? Forget yeah. about all the deep dark forests that still exist and yeah, the deep oceans. Yeah, yeah talking oceans. about ocean as well, I was thinking, because we can't even go to the depths that have might have these incredible creatures living yeah. on mermaids and stuff like that. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to put a name on it. There's a lot of mystery on this planet. I'm so surprised that pandas were not discovered for 60 years after they started. Mm-hmm. Are you sure it's got nothing to do with the eye size? <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> Open your eyes! They're right there! Yes. They're right there, man! <laughs> right there! Uh, uh, I just want to know who was on the research team. See, uh, <laughs> were they blind? Were they sight impaired? That's crazy! Like, that blows my mind. So, for the longest time, they were just like. So, that's 60 years creatures. on and off of actually searching. So, there were mystical yes. creatures up until that point? Because yeah. some people would have seen them, and it was just like yeah. this story about this cute white black bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you just gets stoned all the time. <laughs> yeah. They're so fun to watch. They're so they they come across as simply ri- ridiculous. They're really yeah. stupid. See, it's amazing because like they're so lazy that sometimes it's like they won't even take care of their young. They're like, God yeah. gave this to me, so God will take care of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. Good luck. Good luck. But what surprises me is that uh, you have like bears like that, but then you also have like grizzly bears, which will just like tear the shit out of you. Yeah. Like it, it blows my mind, just like the difference in like, let's say how evolution went. And Diversity. Yeah, yeah. Because it, so Pangea, when essentially all the continents mm-hmm. were together and whatnot, just imagine that and how how diverse everything kind of like unfolded to be. And they call it Pangea? I think it's called Pangea. Christianity, they call it the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Wherever they were trying to build a tower, reach God, and God said, nope, and then created division in different cultures. Yeah. Different tongue, different language. I didn't know that was Pangea. So again, so again, it's like a different perspective. That's it's the back same when, uh, when the reptilians were writing their own holy books. <laughs> oh God! Uh, this, um, yeah, as as people call Pangea, if I'm not mistaken, in, in the ancient subcontinental culture, there was this ancient land of Gondwana, or the land that got submerged underwater, oh. which was a connecting bridge between the motherland, which we know as Africa today, and the subcontinent of India, and how the human race first developed its culture on the subcontinent of India, mm-hmm. but they came out of Africa. So well, that that would that would be like the the Atlantis of like the, the Indian story, yeah. culture because like mm-hmm. there's like. Atlantis, but then there's also what, what you're saying, which I believe that they, they there's like ruins off the coast that they found, which they assume is uh, that subcontinent. Yeah, and you know those ruins, people knew that those ruins exist underwater mm-hmm. okay. off the coast of India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a city which is under the water. It's still like an existing city. Yeah. Um, and, and we recently discovered it. The bridge yeah. which was built in the Indian. Uh, 
script of uh, Ramayana, it says that 10,000 years ago, where war happened between the good and the bad, again, like, you know, evil comes up, good comes to fight it, there's one more of that war that happened, and um, creatures like monkeys and bears helped the Almighty to build a bridge mm. between India and Sri Lanka, and that bridge can actually be seen through satellites today, which is submerged. You guys can research about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was written in the scriptures, but no one believed it up until the satellite images started showing up. Yeah. And then that bridge still exists. It's a 22 kilometer long bridge, which was built out of stones and it, it shows clear masonry and yeah. how clear that path is, but it's underwater now. Yeah. See, it blows me away, just like the ancient uh, civilizations that are underwater, because yeah. there's like these giant steps that are like somewhere near Japan, but they're like, it's like very clear the masonry of them and like they lead downwards. But I don't think that there was any like ruins other than that found. I'd have to yeah, look, destroy look, it. I, yeah, I'd have to look deeper into it. But it's like all those things like really blow me away or like essentially you have uh, things that are unexplainable or somewhat explainable with science like the Bermuda Triangle but then there's also the Dragon Triangle which is on the other side of the planet but same thing ships go in never come out maybe a portal to another land right possibly interdimensional do you believe in aliens I do yeah I do and I personally believe that I've actually seen something like that I was a kid and I was not on any kind of drugs. Okay. I am not kidding about this. I okay. was in the countryside in India mm-hmm. and I'm sleeping on the grass and there's a forest around me and I can see the, you know, the, the clear, the, one of the most clear skies that mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And I actually saw, and I'd like to think of it as a spaceship. Okay. I could see it clearly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was a kid. And I was telling my brother, look, there is something up there. There is something up there. Mm-hmm. And by the time I could tell him, and he saw it, it was gone. Mm. And now you're making this up. I, I, I think, you know, I should use very assertive language because I know that I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. And I can't. I, I wasn't on any drugs. I swear to God. I just ate my regular food. Roti. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someone put something in my roti. But, <laughs> but I saw it. Hmm. Interesting. Because it's like, what blows me away is some of the avatars in your religion are like blue skin kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, could they potentially be, uh, what if they're an avatar that was from like an alien race kind of thing that came down? Yeah. Maybe a potential, right? Maybe a potential. Or like your elephant god. What's, what's, what's Ganesha? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Ganesha? Ganesha. There, there could be an alien race of elephants come down. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, Hinduism or Sanatana Dharma has always believed in, you know, different forms of life in different mm-hmm. dimensions. Mm-hmm. The different forms of life which are living in higher dimensions have always shown up in the lower dimensions mm-hmm. to protect the innocence, yeah, to yeah. protect the good and the kindness. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the Almighty sent help to us. They may show up in that form. They yeah, may yeah. show up in that form. They may show up in Krishna's form. Yeah, they, right can, there. they can show up in any they form. They can show up in any form. So, 
what I think is pretty amazing uh, for like anything that's depicted as like angels in like Christianity and stuff like that, or like through our Hollywood movies and whatnot. I think it's kind of humorous because most angels are not how they seem, but it's like an angel would be like thousands of eyes and like wings popping out of them or like six wings and like it's not a human form but i'm like but that's never what it's explained in like movies or shows or anything and i'm like it's kind of interesting in that that fact of the matter or um some angels like going back to uh trying to perceive god in like their truest form you'd probably melt your eyes out of your skull and just be like gone right and then you'd probably be some sort of mental case after that because your brain would be fried <laughs> yeah well, well any any account that's written the bible or whatever is is like yeah they couldn't fathom what they were seeing or god wouldn't reveal himself fully to them because they would perish yeah so yeah. yeah it's totally like this unimaginable power that it's just like it's just funny to me how anybody can think that they can understand and know god truly because i don't believe that our fecal minds fecal Poop minds? <laughs> <laughs> that was the wrong word. Feeble minds? Feeble. Our feeble minds can't even handle the true form. The fecal right. minds. My mind is feeble right now. Maybe our our our, uh, our poopy minds can't understand anything, and that's, that's what true. we learned today. That's what we learned today. Even <laughs> closer, as 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 our race is, you know, the, you know the good thing that's happening with the. Uh, with the wars that we're doing right now is we have actually started to venture out now. Mm. Just this morning I was uh, listening to this very interesting thing that's happening on the moon. Okay. Very interesting thing that uh, Chinese have started to do on the moon and the Americans have raised an alarm and the Chinese are like, no, nah, we're not doing this. But essentially it is uh, the Chinese are trying to colonize the moon. Oh, and the Americans uh... are like, F you, we were Whoa. planning to do it beforehand. It's not about the colonization, though. There is, in, like, I wouldn't say infinite, but there is billions and trillions of dollars worth of uh, rare earth metals that are found on moon that can solve the energy needs for the humankind for the next 10,000 years. So there's going to be a war on the, on, on the moon. <laughs> Probably. And then they're going to fuck our tides <laughs> up because they're going to destroy the moon and our world is just going to, like... Implode. Well, not and essentially. If if you got rid of the moon, your tides would be solely pulled out by the sun. You would lose your uh, atmosphere. So yeah, we so, would, so we like, would implode. Honestly, <laughs> I'm like people. People need to think very, very carefully about how they go about doing. This. Oh yeah, yeah, and the reason why I say this is because every action has like consequences that you haven't even thought about right so instead of what what i could agree upon would be like if they colonized the moon and then ventured out from the moon to like the asteroid belt and mine the asteroids right because they need to be out there as an outstation though yeah yeah that's what that's one of the ideas that they're trying the chinese actually on the moon now yeah they've reached the moon Indians it's are on the moon, it, Americans it, it, are on the It's moon. because we, we just don't have the technology in North America anymore. That's what they say. That's, that's, the, that's yeah. why we haven't we lost revisited the, the, the moon, is we lost the technology. That's of, another conspiracy that I like, is that we've even, have we even landed on the moon? Because how do we have the technology in, in the 60s? Technically, 
Yeah, no. we don't even have a telescope strong enough on Earth to see the American flag on the moon. Conspiracy theories are just so fun. Sometimes. I don't know about that part, but yeah. so fun. We are sending <laughs> Mars rovers to find out for signs of life on Mars. Mm-hmm. My mind says that we already fucking came from there. We destroyed that planet just the way we destroyed Earth right now. Oh, <laughs> and it's just starting to get life back. Yeah, and you're trying to think. Was that our home back in the days? Of, it's what Chernobyl of, of a different planet. It, it's funny because now we're talking about moon, right? We, okay. We're going to destroy this moon that's going to fuck up this planet. But a funny story with Mars having two moons. Yeah. And the you know the distance of this particular moon from our Earth is at, well, I think it's the number 108 comes into picture so, of it. So, yeah, well, 108 is an important it's number. important number. And it actually falls in, in tune with like your religion too yes. because it's like, uh, it's, it's between the moon and it's the like it's like the diameter of like the the sun, and then like one hundred eight would be the distance from the sun to the earth, and then uh, same thing with like the earth. It's like one hundred eight for like a specific measurement, one hundred eight for the distance between like the earth and the moon, and then like something with the moon as well. And all the rosaries that Christianity has when you you know chant one hundred eight yeah. beats. So, so like, really? yeah, and that, that's Catholic. the belief of how many chakras you do have is 108 yeah, chakras. chakras. That's crazy. Yeah. I did not learn anything about this correlation of the number one. But, but, but if we fuck up the trajectory of the moon just by 1%, the life yeah. on this earth is gone. And I think we have done that on Mars because that's what happened with the moon on Mars. They probably yeah, just yeah. did the same thing and they're just repeating the history itself again. <laughs> so it's interesting. What are they going to get right? <laughs> if people have like watched Spirit Science and stuff, they actually talk about how we had a colony on uh, Earth and then essentially they basically transported everyone from there to Earth. And that's Atlantis, the people that came from Mars, the Atlanteans. And then like nuclear meltdown on that planet and then we started screwing shit up on on this planet and then we lost that society and then then there were a select few that basically went over to egypt and started rebuilding and then lost that society it kind of keeps on going yeah transformation transformation yeah yeah but it's a it's a part of the plan right you create you preserve and you transform yeah Always. Life's gonna go on. Yeah. Cycles. With or without us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it will take us another 45 <coughs> minutes just to say goodbye. <laughs> this is Saskatchewan. Goodbye started right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what that's what you were saying. Kind Who's of from Saskatchewan here? I was born there. Yeah. You were born there? But I only was born and then I left because I realized how bad it was. You left? Wow. I'm just it's kidding. not that bad, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not that bad. Heard. You just get made fun of if you call a hoodie a bunny hug over here. You know, and then they're like, oh, you moved over here. And you know what? Saskatchewan, you can see your dog run for three days. It's just like, no, that's that's not. Because it's so flat. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's where the, the people who came up with the Earth is flat theory live in uh, Saskatchewan. Uh, is, that uh, the term, is there a term Brady dog on top of just bashing on them over here. Okay, that's, that's the Jeez, it's funny. It's not a fun ride through that province. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so that's, that's but it's a bread and butter. I wouldn't say butter, but bread basket. So bread basket. 
prairies, I think Manitoba, Saskatchewan and Alberta. Thank God for these three provinces. Yeah. Thank God. Right? Well, they're, they're the ones that have the most resources in yeah. Canada. Yeah. And uh, we keep on getting screwed for it. So. Think yeah. If there's any place that's going to be left on this planet, it's going to be Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba when the World War III hits. So we yeah. have a pretty decent spot. Because you got to be crazy to live through the minus 30 winters. That's why, but... <laughs> that and, well, I hope the Americans, you know, follow through their promise of protecting us from the north. And thank God the Russians are coming up to sell Alaska. I, uh... Oh. I don't know, because, like, our Prime Minister has pretty close ties to China anyways. And China's in, like, a really bad position because they're, like, allies with, with Russia. But majority of their money comes from, like, North America. So they need to play very carefully on what they want to do. But they also want Taiwan, so I could see a political struggle that way. And then potentially causing some more shit down the line. Who would have thought we'd be living through a time where a war on Ukraine is going to be okay? But it is okay now. Where are the people who are marching on the streets? Gone. I don't know. I just, so, uh, I kind of shake my head when I see, like, the Ukrainian flag and people are like, yeah, I support Ukraine. I'm like, if you support them, pick up a gun and go, go fight in that war then. Because it's like, just, just hanging up a flag doesn't... Right. Support anyone, right? It just makes you feel like a good person because you have it. Yeah, that's all it is, right? So yeah, being selfish, making yourself look good. I I get that for sure. Is there any wisdom that you want to bestow upon the viewership? I wasn't expecting that question again. (laughs) No, I don't have any wisdom at this moment. (laughs) You have a ton of wisdom, man. You just need to dig deep for that. You know, you've cultivated a lot with your words through the airwaves. Um, a strange thing happened just now. I think you saw me. Sun rays were falling behind you guys, like, and then there was a bird that was flying. I couldn't see what bird it was. Mm-hmm. It, sh- it was shining. And I'm like, that looks out of the world. And I just sent my prayers with it. Like, take my prayers. And make it make make it happen. So the words of wisdom would be throw out what you want to the universe and it'll come your way. I think that that is an excellent place to stop. We appreciate you sitting down with us. I hope that all the blessings are falling in your direction so that you can obtain your dream of going back to your homeland and visiting family, friends and whatnot over there. And I just hope the best for you. And I think you're a fantastic person. I've had a lot of wisdom uh, blessed upon me from, from from your tongue there, which sounds really weird now that I say it out loud. Um, but we're, <laughs> thanks we're, for calling it out. We're, 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 we're just leaving that in there, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I want to thank everybody that listens and gave us a chance in our first episode, and I hope that everyone enjoys this one as well. Uh, it was a little bit more serious this time around, but you know what? I feel like we've covered a lot of things, and I hope that this reaches the people that it needs to reach, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Thank you for coming by. This was great. Yeah. yeah. Good time. Good time. Nice.
Le plus rude.